Hello, and welcome to the Saddlecast on Sunday, the 9th of April, 2017. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. No, I'm so tired. And Robert Kemp. Why are you so tired? I don't know. We've been tired like this whole week. And I've been tired. Sleeping really badly. Tennis, I had that the week help, before obviously. for no good reason. And then this week I've been tired. I traded my bad sleep virus to you last weekend. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you have fatigue. Although I have really annoying, I have this really like Fatigue. annoying reaction to like bad sleep, where I have almost exactly proportional like if I end up staying up too late, like past my normal sleep time, I wake up exactly the same amount of time early. <laughs> so it fucks me at both ends. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can, you both ends. Lovely. <laughs> Quotable. <laughs> yep. So, I, I'm not sure I can put that as the title. No. Surely, no. at a point, like you run out of sleep at all if you keep if you if you go oh, to yeah, bed three hours later, like, <laughs> three hours earlier, then you've got like half an hour of sleep. Then you just stay up and suffer. <laughs> Have you suffered through any recently. nights <laughs> recently? Have you tried tranquilizers? Don't remember the last time I stayed up all night. If you do stay up all night, it doesn't actually make it that much easier to get back into the rhythm. No. Well, no. I I never used it for that purpose. (laughs) I just used it because there was things I wanted to do, and I was like, oh, fuck this, I'm just going to stay up. When it reaches, like, (laughs) 5 o'clock, and I'm like, nah, screw it. (laughs) But surely by, like, 2 in the afternoon the following day, you're like, no, need sleep. Not always. When you get a proper headache, like, I don't know, I get tiredness headaches if if I'm... It's a very specific feeling yeah. in the brain. Brain feel. I don't think it's healthy to stay up all night. It's not a, it's not a good circadian rhythm, is it? No. <laughs> in fact, totally smashed it with a hammer. It actually doesn't feel that dissimilar to a caffeine headache when I get overtired. So if I've drunk too much coffee in a, coffee in a day, I will eventually get one of those sort of caffeine stabbing not really well sort of, not, not exactly stabbing but it's not really dull either it's just sort of uh high fr- you know like um when you talk about sounds and you get that sort of uh you know the difference between bass and treble it's like a trebly headache i don't know how to sure it's not quite thumping but it's just sort of there it's a whiny headache i'm pretty sure i've got constant tinnitus i don't know where yeah I, I, I think i've started to get that too although that's in the ear that's currently blocked, so that doesn't yeah, seem like a good sign. That's probably why. Yeah, because mm. your ear can't hear anything, so it's just making off its own shit. Yeah. So do you have like CRT television wine tinnitus? Yeah, I, I just noticed it more recently. It's not like I'm like a drummer or something in a rock band or something ridiculous, but it's just mm. like there's definitely a, a steady state noise now, which is annoying. Which I occasionally notice. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. Whether it comes from listening to headphones too loud or whether it comes from like probably just being in the tube honestly it's really loud anyway maybe but then i don't really know where mines come from because i don't mm. really lead the uh banging hardcore lifestyle that i once did no <laughs> indeed in your youth yeah no, no clubbing for me in your, your clubbing days <laughs> you know loud noises into a small car yeah yeah some people the, uh, genuinely go clubbing like every Every week, that must be freaking bad for your ears. Yeah, probably. 
It's loud as heck. Can I said I do, I, I do still put music loud on in the car, but not that. Not that often. Loud. Most of the time, I'm listening to podcasts in the car now, so you don't really need Uber volume there. My phone keeps complaining at me because it thinks I have my headphones turned up too loud. Mm. I have my headphones plugged in, and it's like, oh my no, god, these, these headphones are so bad that this is like I have to turn it up this loud to even hear it. <laughs> yeah, that, that thing about Windows Phone is so friggin' annoying. I know it's it's an EU regulation that forces them to put that in. Like if it goes yeah. above a certain threshold, it has to kick you out after so much. But yeah, but they the don't know is... what the threshold is because no. it's dependent on the actual exactly. thing that's making the noise. It depends on the thing the that's plugged in. Speaker or whatever. I think I think they assume it's like your average pair of, you know, inner inner ear earphones, but uh, like which is a bit of a problem when I'm in the car because that's that's not a set of earphones. No, it's like but it treats it as one, and it's like I wish I could just turn this off, or you could or you could somehow cleverly intuit that Ford Audio is a car. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nice. Hey, maybe that's the one good thing that will come out of Brexit, right? No more earphone warnings. <laughs> Except no more not because we're getting all the EU regulations anyway. Well, they yeah, were thinking they were. of reverting that cookie warning thing as well, weren't they? Yeah, like, they should... having realised that nobody actually reads it. When I went to Morocco, I realised that it's not obviously not an EU country at all, but they used a bunch of EU rules because it was easier than coming up with their own. <laughs> <laughs> It's really funny. EU standards and things they used. Mm. I was like, why are they EU standards? Like, well, maybe they want the export the... as well. Maybe yeah, I guess they so. get as a convenience for their local as well as the export. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's it's not far from Europe. But even so, it's like this is definitely Africa. Like, why anyway? <laughs> just stealing all the rules and just enforcing them. It's like, well, they publish them. <laughs> it's not like you can keep them a secret. There, there is a yeah. I, I think Zach's right. There's a logic to following it if that's where they're importing and exporting. I mean, from. that'll definitely happen here. Yeah. They'll they'll follow. They'll just port all of the rules into British law, mm. and then start changing them for stuff that's they consider important. I guess anyway. Yeah. It's pretty tough to look for the one good thing to come out of Brexit. To be honest, mm. it seems like there's going to be much. But there you go. We found it. No earphone warnings on your mobile. Where if they ever get around to <laughs> changing that law. And I suspect that like that seems like something that people would have no qualms about keeping. It's not something that's divisive. No, but it could be a, like I wish it was optional. Like if for parents being able to put that on like your child protected device potentially, that yeah, seems if, like the if, best If, if you have a parental mode, you should just the parental mode should just let you limit the maximum volume. <laughs> that should be the option yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. should have. I suppose you're right. Yeah. You could set it yourself. Be mm. like, no, you have to listen listen to everything in whisper noise because <laughs> I don't trust your headphones. I can't you shouldn't. Yeah, I can't let you put it above. What is it? It's like two thirds on on Windows. I think anything above twenty, it considers because it goes up to thirty weirdly on Windows Phone. So it's like random number. Yeah, I think anything above twenty is considered past the threshold. I don't know if my computer is just having another moment to the, where I've left it on too long and it needs a restart. But normally, when I unplug my headphones in order to plug them into the switch. It it switches the volume because it detects that I've unplugged the headphones and it switches it back to the volume that it's set for speakers. Right. And then when I plug the headphones back in, it switches it back to the headphone that's set for, for the headphones. And I'm like, okay, that's good. But then like last night when I did that, when I plugged my headphones back in, it didn't reset it. And then it nearly deafened me. <laughs> when I, tried, I went to a YouTube video and it was like... Rah! 
because <laughs> it was at maximum volume. I'm like, I'm, I kind of need you to remember the volume settings. It's important. I got used to being just a bit very double checky about that stuff anyway. <laughs> oh, you've got your whole speaker set up that's like well, yeah, glitchy no. as fuck anyway. <laughs> well, I don't tend to plug my headphones into the speaker system either. Do, well, into the into the computer directly, do I plug them into the speaker rig? So then I have to turn the volume up in Windows quite loud to power the headphones. So which means that when I take them out, I need to make sure I turn the volume down on the speakers. Uh, on the on Windows, always I will be very loud in this. But it's not. I don't have a problem like to power the various sets of cans I have. It's like you need to turn the volume in Windows up real high. So I have the opposite problem, and that it will be very quiet in the headphones. But when I take them off, the speakers will be really loud. The only reason that I had the setting for the speakers when the headphones were unplugged really loud was because I I was using I had the glitchy volume the glitchy wheel, Yeah. So I was using the lowest possible setting on that, and then just bumping it up on. On Windows side, I should probably try using the headphone jack in my PC. To be honest, because now I, I, that should be wired up properly, yeah. so I shouldn't need to use my silly, silly <laughs> speaker. Yeah. Well, the other thing that it does that's annoying is when I unplug and plug in the headphones into my headphone jack, it also switches my keyboard display to the media bar rather than the clock, and it's like I'm, oh. <laughs> that's kind of annoying because I need to see the clock. <laughs> You know Windows has a clock on it, right? Yeah, but when I'm using the Switch, I can't see Windows. No. <laughs> you know yeah. the Switch has a clock in it? In the home menu, yes. <laughs> You're going to that all the time. You know your phone has a clock on it that you could just... I have a thing on my de- desk directly in front of me which says what the time is usually. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, and I miss it now. I used to have a clock display on my Logitech keyboard. Now I've got a different keyboard that doesn't have it. I, mean, I have to look at my watch. Oh, yeah, but we both have nice watches, so that's <laughs> who wears takes... watch. <laughs> I'm wearing one right now. Yeah, for no yeah. reason. Yeah, because it's shit hot, man. <laughs> look at it; it's a thing of beauty. Watches are awesome. They mean you don't have to look at your phone, and then that stops you getting distracted. It involves a whole second of pocket pulling is avoided. It's too tempting once you've got the phone in your hand to start looking at it. No, I don't have that problem. <laughs> Only, it's just like, I check the time. I'm probably already doing something at that point in time. Like Unless I'm like on my own somewhere and I'm literally killing time. Or as we discussed before, causing poo particle explosions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Read previous weeks. Uh, then, 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 then I've got no, there's no need for downtime. Do something. Do something. Do something, fools. Stay up all night. Yep. There's stuff to do. Try to fall asleep at your computer. <laughs> what have you been doing? So the only time I fell asleep at my computer was one time where <laughs> I had a I had a good idea that turned out to not be a good idea at all. Where I was like, I, I want to stay up all night to do this thing, but I I don't want to sit in my chair any longer. It's really uncomfortable. My desk is like exactly the right height that I can just push my bed up next to the desk. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that didn't end well. <laughs> Immediately pass out. <laughs> but what about the idea? That was the idea. The idea was to push oh, my bed up the next to the desk. So what was the reason for staying up, though? Uh, <laughs> it was an EVE Online thing. Oh. It was basically... Forever. Well, there was a gold rush going on, and it was one of the rare times in an evil line patch where I was actually there when it was happening. And I was like, holy shit, I can make some serious money. But then I fell asleep. <laughs> so I didn't make that much money. 
<laughs> I made some money a bit before I fell asleep, <laughs> and then I lost a bit of money from my ship blowing up because I fell asleep. <laughs> oh right, you, you actually got you actually got had. Well, by MDC five. Oh okay, so awesome. <laughs> Wasn't anyway dangerous. So you're AFK. <laughs> yes, I AFK by accident. Oh wow! So you, you you mean you didn't just like park somewhere and just casually fall asleep there and like you actually, you actually passed literally out. passed out? Yeah, I was trying to do the thing that I was doing to make the money, and then I was like, oh no, I fell asleep at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, unsurprisingly, putting your bed <laughs> next to your desk does not make it any less likely that you're not going to use the bed for its main function of falling asleep. <laughs> I don't think I've ever fallen asleep whilst actually playing a video game actively. Well, it's Eve. I mean, how active is playing Eve, Eve really? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Push a button about every three minutes. <laughs> I mean, I've fallen asleep a million times watching telly, but but I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've actively fallen asleep with a game running, no matter what it was. I don't think I don't think as long I, as I, I was fall playing. asleep watching telly. I don't think I, I do that, or I have. Hmm. I must have done in my life, but not really. No. Yeah, it used to be a thing with like late night panel show repeats. Well, that, as, that used well, to kill yeah. me off. As we well know, as we've discussed several times, Rob is incapable of sitting, of staying awake through Lord of the Rings. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still haven't made it through two towers. That's the best one. Oh, <laughs> oh but it's so. Mm, it takes ages to get to the fight. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. Like, it's, there's nothing in the middle to break it up. In the middle? Like the well, the two towers is just like the most walky one, right? It's well, they are up until chasing the them like they are running at the start <laughs> and catch up <laughs> with the two running at, at the start. Yeah, yeah the well, middle. There are two hours of middle, and then yeah. in fairness, I don't really know what I'm talking. No, about. you don't know what. <laughs> no, you fell asleep. <laughs> no, I've seen the end. Is the thing I always wake up for the fight. You missed all the Rohan stuff, did you? Probably. The King, King, and the the Edoras and all of that. That'd be and well boring anyway. Though. Do you do you wake up? Did you wake up at the end and it's like, oh, Gandalf's alive again? <laughs> I thought he died at the end of the first film. That's confusing. Well, even then, that's not even <laughs> that's practically what happens in the film. Well, yeah. Oh, Gandalf's alive again. But he at least Gandalf. explains it. <laughs> Gandalf, not Gandalf. That's a different person. No, not Gandalf. He's also alive again though. Alive again. <laughs> At least you comes see a cool as, sequence. Just comes back as Calamity Gandalf. <laughs> Calamity Gandalf. Oh no, <laughs> that would be, indeed be bad. I don't know. I just saw him running across because he rides across a field, doesn't he? As Gandalf the White with his with his staff, as always, all glowing. And or was that in the last film? I don't know. Uh, like, well, I get I get yeah. lost into which fight's which. Well, it's the end of both. the second film and the end of the third film has seemed real similar. Yeah. That, well. I mean, he gets his horse in the second one. Not that he hasn't had it before, but he, he grabs his horse and then he does use it with the and shines the light at the end of the second one's battle and in okay. the third one. Uh, um, then I've got no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which one I've seen. <laughs> do you mean at the end of the battle? Because he uses it. Not I to get too seriously, technical. I don't know. Any one of those films I remember sort of well enough is the first. Fair. I've, I've okay. seen, I've, I think I've caught the ending to Return of the King before thinking it was the ending to the second one, and then it went on a bit, and then it's it like, goes oh, on no. a bit. It goes on a lot. <laughs> the end of yeah. Return of the King. And it was like, oh no, right, this is the end. End. <laughs> uh, 
Maybe we should watch the Lord of the Rings films again sometime. Can't. <laughs> not. We can, we can try. We can see if the we can see if the uh, the old rule holds up, or if I'm a bit more older, wiser, and <laughs> more sleepy. And I mean, sleepy. you basically have to you have to watch the extended editions like half at a time. So you have to do it in like six sessions. Oh well, you're not saying watching the watch the extended versions as well. Definitely, but watch oh them. Oh my god! Right. Watch them <laughs> half at a time over like six nights. <laughs> All right. That's better than doing. Because getting trying to get through a whole one is quite hard when they're like four hours. Are they four? Yeah, yeah three and must a half. Be because they're, they're three normally, aren't they? Yeah. But the extended stuff is really good in the second one. Because uh, you get to see Sean Bean in it. He's not in it otherwise. Sean Bean. I haven't in watched fact. the end of The Hobbit either. I never watched the first No, one. that's rubbish. <laughs> it's not rubbish. <laughs> it's just not that good. Anyway. I quite liked the first two. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. Well, the second one was better than the first, but, like, Smaug. Smaug. Smaug face. So, what's going on with your ears? Yeah, still bugging. Why don't they just fix it? I swear, it took, it takes Well, like... I, well that's what I mean. I've got, like, a week left since the, right. the doc- doctor's recommendation of, you know, waiting and oiling runs out. Yeah. And, and then, then you get to have it and, and then I, Yeah, and then I can go, in fairness, it does seem like some crap has fallen out. <laughs> and it does occasionally make a sort of squelching noise mm. that I can hear, but it's still not improving the muffled situation. And the occasional bound of really weird feeling resonance. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, and so to put it in perspective, like uh, when I was trying to mix the uh, new theme tune, for this season, I was panning the master channel like seventy-five to eighty percent over to the right, just to make right. it sound in the middle. Right. Oh dear. Yeah. And even then, you know, I wasn't getting a full, a full spectrum in one ear, so it's hard. It's hard to do. It's probably why off. why I think it sounds a bit crap. But you know, it will mix down to mono. <laughs> it should be fine. It should what, be fine. <laughs> You think you'll get your ears arranged, and then suddenly be like, "Wow, this amazing track that I created." <laughs> I doubt that doubt entirely. Because <laughs> I did do I do what I normally do when I start picking up like the music environment with me, where I start drifting in. Like I do work on one track for ages, and then just as I'm finishing up, I go, "I'll just go. I'll just remind myself about this other track I was working on, and just load that, up, and then spend like another hour just tinkering with that." With but that I, one. But yeah, I was tinkering with it with only one ear, so I, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Get revert. Yeah. Yeah. Mistake. Mm. Yeah, so that's still still messed up. That's no fun. And I've also messed up my back again this weekend. So it's, oh no! It's not, not so bad today. What, it's, it's, well, no, I messed it up. <laughs> right, you'll love this. It was Friday morning. I put the kettle on. I was wait. I was real, real desperate for some coffee in me. So I did a sort of nervous and <laughs> bounce around. <laughs> you jiggled yourself in the I background. Did, uh, yeah, I sort of jumped a few times. Right. Yeah, a bit of nervous energy in my legs. So I jumped around a few times. Before and, the coffee. Before the coffee was ready. And one of them went, doink. And it's like, oh, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> it's really dumb. It was really dumb. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I was just jumping. Hype for coffee. <laughs> You're not meant to be hype for coffee, you're meant to be hype after coffee. Yeah. That's the whole point. I can, I can be hype for hype. It's true. I've got that hype hype. 
I know that feeling. It's hype hype. Yeah, I definitely definitely have hype hype. If it wasn't for the hype hype, no one would go into the coffee shop. <laughs> you need to be hype for hype. You've got to be hype for the hype. Yeah, hype for the... Or is it hype for the absence of malaise? <laughs> you just drink tea, right, Zeg? Yeah. Do you get any kind of boost from the caffeine off that, or is it more like a sort of standard well, I can't English? tell because I only drink tea, so <laughs> there's never a moment I'm not drinking tea. Sure, but like... Oh, never right. a moment you're not drinking tea. What about right now? <laughs> Actually, he doesn't have a tea right now. Does... I drank tea before I came here. Okay. Immediately before I came here. <laughs> had your tea fix. Yep. Did you always drink tea, though? Or, like, was there... A, when you were a kid, did you drink tea, or was it just orange squash or Ribena or... I don't remember what I used to drink. I don't remember you drinking tea until after no. uni times. I drank tea at uni, I definitely yeah. say that much. Mm, and somewhat true. before. Did you try coffee? Do you not care about that? No. Does, does it fall into the same camp as booze for you? Like in that it's, it's a form of <laughs> drug abuse, I guess. Tea's better. <laughs> okay. Tea's better. I really don't like coffee with milk. I, I'm very weird that way. I see. I'm never, uh, well, I will drink a black coffee, but it has to be a really, really good coffee for me to drink yeah. it that way. Yeah. It's um, like Otherwise, I'm a milk and sugar. Mm. I don't have sugar in anything um, like that. Well, obviously, I have it in sweets and shit, but I don't have it in drinks. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Um, yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> A pack of Harry Boys worth in a can. A pack? How big a pack? I don't know how that oh, accurate that is. It just—it seems to always be about that much when they like demonstrate pouring a mass of sugar into a into like here's how much sugar is in a single can of Coke, and it seems to be like about as much sugar as the can size. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Physics. Yeah. The diagram is just full of sugar. Well, I, I guess it. Something about how it becomes dissolved. Does that would that shrink its volume yeah, enough? <laughs> now I'm trying to think of if I even have any idea whether like the crystal structure of sugar would be like large or not, or whether it's yeah, compact. I, I don't know. And then they go and do the same demonstration with something like fructose, right? Where it's like half as much is needed. And then they do it with aspartame, and then it's like, yeah, just, just, just shovel in a third of a can. It'll be fine. <laughs> a third of a can of aspartame. I don't want that. <laughs> Thanks. It's Coke Zero. Yeah. Just Actually, I, don't, oh, I, don't know. I don't know. Something like aspartame. I'm not sure they're allowed to use aspartame all the time anymore. But that and other sweeteners are available. They should do, just do a deal with Candorel or something. It's like Coke Candorel. Oh, man. Be terrible. Yep. As long as it's not Stevia after watching Breaking Bad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Where, where, like, when I used to go to my grandma's house, I used to just eat sweeteners. Like, mm. the actual sweet, like, they put in their tea. Well, the and weird... I was like, oh, I'll just have one of them. The ones They're that look like The ones that look like the holes from Polos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking sweet. That's a, not horrible. good for you at all. No. no. I used to 
Me and my brother used to try and blend them into sugar. <laughs> so my granddad used to used to have have sweeteners in whatever you were drinking. Yeah, you know, like booze. Yeah, <laughs> sweeteners in his whiskey. So Kim's and I thought it would be thought it was hilarious just to put these little tablets of sweetener inside the sugar and then try and use a spoon to, <laughs> to mash it. up the <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it sort of makes sense, sort of. Do you want some sweetener with your sweetener? Sweet as. Yeah. Everyone knew what we would, everyone noticed. Because <laughs> like, we never got away with it. So I don't know why. Surely when it goes, I suppose, like when you put it in a spoon, it's like, what's a giant lump in the middle of it? What's this tablet doing in here? Have you put rohypnol in my sugar? There you go. <laughs> my presence. Yeah. Speaking of things that I also had at my grandma's, which had a ridiculous amount of sugar, they had a real soda stream. Wow. And that's where you get the just far too much syrup per amount of water going on. Because <laughs> you've mixed it yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How was that? It was awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Didn't you need like canisters of gas? Yeah. Jammed the CO2 canister in there and real dangerous pressures building up, popping it into that glass bottle. <laughs> super hardcore and awesome. Did you ever just try and eat, 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 or probably would be eat, like eat the syrup on its own? I don't think it was like that kind of syrup. It was it was a liquid syrup. I don't think you could eat that in such an eating kind of way. Did you ever try? I don't even was, it, was it viscous enough? I remember what we did with the syrup. I think the syrup stayed in the cupboard. Was it an all right Coke? It was all right. Was yeah. it branded Coke? Or was it like no. Soda Stream Coke? Yeah, it was specific to the device. I don't think we did Coke that much. I think it was mostly like, um, what do you call it? The weird flavour. Vanilla one. What, cream soda? Yeah, cream soda. <laughs> can't drink that anymore. I used to quite like it, but yeah. Can't, I can't drink cream soda anymore. Not because it's, I'm allergic. To it. <laughs> yeah, just, you could. I, I, you I just technically choose could. not to. I'm, I'm just repulsed by it. <laughs> vanilla Coke was awesome. Uh, I, yeah, vanilla Coke was fine, not cream soda. It was all right. Wait, which one are we talking? Because I did a couple of variants. They did like the diet Coke vanilla, but yeah, then they had, no, the, then they had the real Coke one. vanilla at one point. When they did it the first time, when it was good, yeah. before they made it just a sub flavor of diet. <laughs> was that the first of the weird and wonderful flavor range that they started at that point? Because they did that, and then they did like lime. Well, if you don't count like cherry Coke. <laughs> did, do you reckon that came first? I think cherry Coke probably... Yeah, cherry Coke's been like. around for a long time. Hmm. Or at least in the modern age. There probably was vanilla Coke... When back when Coke was like a medicine, <laughs> <laughs> there were different flavors of Coke. I think maybe only in America and stuff, but mm. in the eighties and stuff, because there was the whole new well, Coke thing. Yeah, that's that was true. a flavor. Coke too. We yeah. never had that, did we? I guess. I don't. Think it, so. or, or it doesn't seem to be a, of cultural significance over here. <laughs> no, maybe they just never did it here, or yeah, they were planning we to. Yeah, they use their big, biggest market as uh, as the test bed. <laughs> I guess, then, foolishly. New Coke. Apparently kind of just wants them to make that as like a Coke alt or something. <laughs> like just to bring it out again so we could try it. What was New Coke like? 
Yeah, I think they did sell it as like something else, Coke 2.0 or whatever. Mm-hmm. After after it failed. Oh, but, Coke. Yeah. Coke read it. Redux. Redux. The Lime one was the one that I had far too much of at university. Yeah, the Lime one was pretty good. Because it was available in the vending machines. Nah. Was yeah, like, there was yeah, a lemon one, wasn't there? I yeah. think they did an orange one briefly. That wasn't so hot. I seem to remember the bottle for that. Mm. Anyway, yeah, orange Coke. That seems weird. News! Coke! <laughs> Coke is back! <laughs> Coke never left. News! What we got news? This is a podcast about video games. And, uh... Never. I suppose we did touch on Eve. We're okay. We're okay. We've fulfilled our early video game quota. In the random section. But now it's time for the news section. What have we got? Yeah. Uh, are these rumours? Call of Duty is going to be in World War II next time. That's yeah, what... I'm not sure that's even a rumour. I'm pretty sure I saw a, uh, maybe like, an actual graphic of like World War II people. <laughs> oh, right. If they had <laughs> well, Call of Duty thing. But is this, te- is this technically a leak? Or is it... I don't really know. I don't think there's been any official announcement on what Sledgehammer are working on. So it's... But... It makes sense. <laughs> I, I'd like to do some World War Two Call of Duty. I miss Call, Call of Duty Two. It'd probably be nothing like that, but no, who knows? Well, <laughs> there's a conversation around all of this that's like what well, that uh, may explain the reasoning for why Battlefield also decided to start going back to the past as well, where it's uh, it, it, they reckon. Well, there's the theory that modern game publishers are getting a little uneasy about um, publishing games of that ilk with today's climate as it is, um, where, where, where the point where it's like all the stuff they were probably writing about in Modern Warfare 4, it's like, uh, maybe this is a little close to home now. That's why, you, that's why going to the future was the plan. Yeah. That made sense. Robots. But then some You've of that, that now, is, but some of that, some of what was in those games has now actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> except for all the robots. Well, yeah, except for robots. But you know, some of the tech in some of the earlier future stuff uh, is, is about now drones. And... Yeah, but not really. Mm-hmm. I think between if you're talking about like since like modern warfare to now and the amount of drones that have been in those games, I don't think the real world has actually kept up that much. I think there's pretty much been almost exactly the same amount of drones <laughs> in the real world during that period. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I. I, I I want to say that like, when Modern Warfare 4 came out, that the drone strike was like, it's a, yeah, we've got drones, but we never actually did it now. Now it's like, oh yeah, we use them all the time. You know, like that's, that's Unless they're using 59 cruise missiles. <laughs> oh, topical. <laughs> Unusual from Zach. You're usually the one who's like, don't talk about anything relevant to reality. I just thought that was a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, can you imagine how much are they make? Like a million dollars each. <laughs> no, drone strike would be cheaper, but they weren't going for cheap, were they? Because Syria's got air defences, haven't they? So they can't just fly drones in because drones aren't very fast and they're not stealthy. Well, and they don't have a very long, They don't have a big range. Well, there are stealth drones, but they're not like um, they don't drop bombs, as far as I know. <laughs> yes, as far as you know. You know, there's that Sentinel one, isn't there? The one that there was like, it's supposed to be top secret and no one was say anything <laughs> about it. And then the Iranians shot one down and like showed it on national TV. <laughs> and everyone's like, and they were like, can we have that back, please? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that just has cameras and shit on it. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, but yes, cruise missiles. 
Oh, they, they uh, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan. <laughs> it did seem like a lot. Do you need fifty nine to destroy an airbase? I suppose you do. Depends on how big of an explosion they make, yeah, I guess. What kind of radius do they have? And do they need to cater for normal bombs? Aren't they? Do they cater for a failure rate of some of them? Like some of them didn't quite land where they were supposed to. We better send two to that spot. That's a real important spot. Another million dollars each. Yeah, that's where you're going into like missile redundancy. It's when you're getting into video games again, where you can play like Death Bomb. It's like. How many nukes do I need to put on this one specific location to ensure that it actually gets destroyed? <laughs> yeah, make, make sure it doesn't get doesn't get past the defenses. Doesn't get past. Oh no! What? Wait. Does get past? Right around is it? Tri- Trident's our deterrent, isn't it? It's not our. It's not our uh, like I don't know, some kind of shoot down mechanism. Yes, no, Trident are actually is... nuclear missiles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's like way I, I, did, I didn't know if we had a had a name. No, for, for we, a, uh, we haven't got any. We haven't got any. We haven't got a Star Wars. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah. yeah. The Americans have a sort of a thing, mm. don't they? But it's not very, doesn't work that well. Uh, yeah, no one, yeah, no one I thought your only hope was to try and shoot them down over the Atlantic or something in that case. But. You can't really do it. It's not like in DEFCON, you can't actually shoot them down. It's very hard to do. They have tried, but the problem is that it's much easier to make the nuclear missiles better at avoiding the shit like the russian ones are like super awesome at like jinking and splitting into five different oh yeah that's why they made mervs so that they're actually like nuclear swarms yeah well mervs are like you have six different right yeah mervs warheads on the one missile or whatever it's like there's it's it's relatively cheap to improve the kind of you know uh, the attack It's relatively like low tech to just have your missile break into six individual missiles Mm, (laughs) rather than having to create a whole thing that can track a missile and shoot it. Yeah. (laughs) With a different missile or a gun or whatever. Lasers. Yeah, or lasers. Yeah, they they, they, they kind of gave up on lasers. (laughs) I thought they were still still using them as anti drones rather than anti nuke, but. Probably. You could probably use them against drones, but drones are like. Slow. I mean, they're they're high tech in terms of they're automated and all that shit, but they're low tech and 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 they have you know um, some stealth features, I suppose. But really, they're like light aircraft with propellers. Mm. <laughs> they're not yeah. that fast, and they're not that quiet. Even apparently, you can hear them going. Anyway. Uh, yes, Call of Duty World War Two. No more drones. I think it'd be a thing. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Maybe I... some pigeons. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope there's one. some pigeons. <laughs> we have lost the enemy's pigeon. <laughs> we have obtained the pigeon. I love that game mode. Um, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, we haven't played that in freaking ages. No, we haven't. We should probably play that. Mm. Yes, probably. So, so, so has the DLC come out yet? I'm not even sure. Yeah, I think the first pack has come out now. <laughs> um, but obviously, we won't have that. No. But yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think it's about. Uh, it'll be. I think it, World War Two COD would be good again, as long as they. I, I actually want them to do the thing that a lot of people have been asking for, actually, which is don't just do the major events of World War Two. Like, don't do the the classic tour. Like, yeah. I don't know, hunker down and try and tell a story, right? Yeah, I hope they do that. But they have more chance of doing that than they used to, right? Mm. Given, well, Sledge, given, you know, the, the given what was it Sledgehammer's last game was Advanced Warfare, right? The, the Kevin Spacey one. 
Oh yeah, that and, was you yeah. know, and that was and the yeah for all the the foibles of that game, the actual delivery of the story wasn't terrible. So uh, you know, there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, I think if they don't do the major like events. Then that the the like that it's not so much the actual events events like the literal battles. It's just more like the scenery. Like you've got to have a beach assault because that's an interesting visual and like gameplay dynamic. <laughs> yes, but it would be quite I'm, cool I'm, to I'm, do like Okinawa beach assault or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. think that. There's loads of stuff they haven't done, even across. And they will be tempted to redo that, I suppose, because it's like, well, no one's done it with next gen engine. Yep, you have yeah. all those sand particles flying around and shit. Because it wasn't even in Battlefield, was it? I don't think they tried a beach assault in. There hasn't been one in Call of Duty. Battlefield One, you get onto a boat and then you just appear on the land, essentially, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's not really that think... bit where you get you off that boat isn't really a sequence. And I think they, they sort of touched on it, but it's not quite the same. Well, it's but, World yeah. War One, anyway. So yeah, not really the same, anyway. Yeah. But I mean, that was Allied Assault Medal of Honor, wasn't it? The, when they actually did the Saber Private Ryan. Omaha Beach sequence. Yeah. I mean, that those graphics look appallingly terrible now if you look at that on YouTube. Yeah, but they were the, they were the first, weren't they? Yeah. But there isn't any... I mean, Call of Duty had the Pont de Hoc, I think, in, in Call of Duty 2 at the end. I yeah, COD, COD 2. Yeah. Definitely but that's it. a bit weird. That's like scaling the cliffs and stuff. That was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's time we can do at least a, a do a beach assault. I want to see some sort of twist on it, though. I don't know. Well, yeah, like, you could do a Pacific one. Yeah, I don't know. There's got like or some mid-mission change or something where I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you'd do it, but but I don't know. The, the the spectacle of a beach assault is always great. The actual playing it never really seems to gel with me, if you know what I mean. Because it's just, in fact, that's like the the CODs of old were a bit like that anyway, weren't they? Because they weren't so much. In a, in a weird way, actually, the early Call of Duty games weren't so gamey because you could just, you know, just get shot and die. You could just be yeah. running. You could be running casually, and then be like, and it's like, oh well, okay, I better do that again. Um, especially if you're trying it in the harder modes, it's like it could just happen. It was weirdly, this isn't the right phrase, but it was weirdly simish. You know, I'm just dead. All right. <laughs> But you know that made that made beach assault stuff not actually that much fun. Well, the thing is, like in a, in like an actual beach assault World War Two style, really you should actually be shooting most of the time. It's like the, the whole point is you have to get somewhere, and then like then you have to do something. Mm. There's a lot of running at the start because you can't see anything that you, you could be able to, to shoot, shoot at. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole point. They're on the defences. So, like, the sequence would... I guess, in, like, if you imagine it in a Call of Duty modern style, it actually wouldn't be that. It would just be like, you just run, and then and then occasionally stop behind a thing to, to get your health back. Well, they kind of <laughs> like, did it's it. It's not actually the, that in, interesting. The original Call of Duty had the... Um... The Volga River River bit, the, the opening of the Russian campaign where you're on a boat and you landed on the bank of the river, which was under assault, and you, you queued up to get a weapon and they just gave you a clip of ammo and you're like, this isn't yeah. a gun. <laughs> and then you had to do the whole sequence by running between the foxholes with no weapon. That was pretty cool. 
And that was the first game in this whole series. Where are we now? Game 10 or something? <laughs> Probably way more than that. Do we really have to try and count them now? Oh, God. No. Okay. But, I mean, with the World War II thing, the other question for Call of Duty is, are they going to do the same thing the Battlefield did and just make up stuff to make it more interesting? I hope not, because they always, yeah, they don't need to with World War II. With World War One, they had to <laughs> yeah, make up stuff to make they? it. Because, like, because World War Two has been done so much in the past, except now it's so long ago. Does does that matter any longer? I think this would be Call of Duty thirteen. Okay. <laughs> I think I think there's been twelve, not excluding ports and mobile I mean, versions. At least in World War Two, there'll be a reason that there'll be lots of automatic weapons, <laughs> unlike World yeah. War One, where yeah. it was weird. Yeah. Mm. But and also an excuse to have some. But then that was where Battlefield One failed, anyway, wasn't it? Like, but it's not weird enough because they put like machine guns in it. go full weird, where it's like it's World War One, but somehow lasers went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Like, there's more. The, the guns in Battlefield One are a bit advanced for their or feel a bit advanced for their age well yeah that's what I'm saying that's exactly what you're saying (laughs) World War 2 they can be more like that so it can play like a regular ass shooting game yeah I I wish they they weirded one a bit more or or accurate yeah unweirded (laughs) that's what you mean accurateized yeah Oh, it's like running running. around with that M1 Garand going ping. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's fun to use, like, the sort of semi-automatic rifles. I mean, the full-on bio-action rifles are kind of frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) If you're actually trying to hit someone. But, yeah. Ping! Ping! Okay. Uh, Scorpio news! Scorpio! Yeah. Microsoft, they're trying to fix everything by making the best possible console from a technical standpoint. Yeah, and you know, making bold claims like we want to make the friendliest console for developers again. Yeah, given Which... that the, the why well, I'm not a hundred percent sure that they, they that that's the concern with Xbox One, right? I mean, Xbox One, the only oddity is the ES RAM layer, but um, yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it, you know, you're still basically making PC games, right? Pretty <laughs> much. A, yeah. And same on PS4. You just have a little more power on PS4 and it's, uh, well, you know, a notable amount. And on the pro a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, saying it's friendly to developers, I don't think is the problem. I just think there's a, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's, it, it is what it is from the start. I and mean, it's a market problem. Hmm. But, so, but like the rumors, right? Yeah, let's talk about what this thing actually is. So it's like a fairly sizable RAM upgrade to twelve gigs. Although four gigs of that is like dedicated system memory. Um, but it still totals up to kind of three gigs more available for games than the PS4 Pro. Absolutely. Even. Yep. The um, CPU has been given a slight bump. The GPU layer has been given a major bump. Massive, yeah. Um, to the point where it's probably, they reckon, probably more performance than a GTX 1080. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, that's... I mean, everyone was was was, was thinking they were probably going to go 1070 space, but no, when you, when you total it up and uh, factor in the, the bandwidth improvements of where that chip is and, the, mm. and, you know, and how they've designed that motherboard... 
might outperform a 1080. Yeah, there's been nice. a lot of talk about this sort of motherboard tuning to fit mm. the exact chips, which is yeah. cool, obviously. I mean, the, nice. the, the, the other phrase they've been throwing around is like six teraflops of GPU power, which is quite a lot. Mm. So, I mean, the, the main thing that I've heard seems impressive is that they took Forza and, you know, most sport, whichever, which run at which already runs at 60 on... On 60, the, 1080. Uh, yeah. uh, 1080. And apparently it took them two days to port it to Scorpio, and it runs at 60 at 4K with about 66% GPU utilization. That's kind of amazing. Because they've sort, of, they've sort of, in fairness, the Forza team, they've, got a, they've, they've had some interesting tricks already. You know, Some of their stuff they've, they've yeah. been doing on PC, resolution hasn't been their problem. Like mm. so, you know, Forza Six Apex came out, and when when that happened, it's like, yeah, we run at 4K, and it's like, yeah, that game had some optimization problems that first build of it, but they could do it straight out of the gate. Uh, Forza Horizon Three, that uh, yeah. with that version of the engine, yeah, it has frame rate issues going above 30, but that's because the engine that that runs on was designed to the 30. But yep. you could quite easily bump that up to 4K without a noticeable hit, which is mm. really interesting. Yeah. So the Forza engine might not actually be, in a weird way, no. might not actually be the best example to it take. It probably here. isn't. Yeah, they yeah. probably chose that as a like a really well optimized for what they're trying to do engine. Yeah. And I think the results won't be as good. But apparently, this is like we'll definitely have improvements for like basically every game unpatched, kind of across the board. Well, yeah, because like games with dynamic resolution, which is most yeah. of them these days, will immediately benefit. And in theory, yeah. I'll put it. Just straight up 1080 at least, even if they're you know without a 4K improvement. Supposedly, it can even do downsampling. You know what it what's it called? Super sampling. Mm. So you could run at 1080, but be running. You know, but then PS4 Pro does that. That's nothing. Does that's it do that? Oh, yeah, okay. so, some games like if you're running uh, Horizon, for instance, on a PS4 Pro, you can get you can say you can tell it to run in a 4K style uh, render. Okay. Um, and so you know, instead of getting the frame rate improvements, you'll get super sampling and stuff like that. That's that's already a thing. So what do we think that in terms of, I mean, it clearly will be the most powerful console, but mm. what what's it An- going to be in terms of the kind of market? And Well, analysts reckon it's probably going to land at $700. Holy shit, that's 700 quid. That's, yeah. that's insane. That's, that's like bonkers a, money. That's but like if you, you think what kits, for that if you think what kits in there, though, yeah, but that's so high. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't well, think I, I. I think Microsoft will probably play it at. Um, in, they might go the loss leader strategy again. Well, to get back into the market, get a boost yeah. into it or whatever, because otherwise they're kind of dead in the water now. Uh, it's, it's a risky for pro. It's it a risky, risky play, but Microsoft are big enough to to perhaps take that sort of hit. I mean. Maybe. Was it because they did it big time on the original Xbox, right? And yeah. uh, to a lesser extent, even with the start of the 360, until they could figure out how to manufacture it cheaply. Mm. Um, uh, so you know, it's not uncommon for them to take this approach. And the Xbox division did turn hefty profits towards the end of the 360's life start uh, life cycle. Mm. So it's it's a it's a question of whether I don't know how this balances out over all the years. If you think of the Xbox division, has it made money overall? I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I, it's not. It doesn't seem unreasonable for them to try a tactic that they've used and has worked in the past. 
So maybe, you know, what what would be a comfortable price point is the thing for the world's most powerful games console in this day and age. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Because was it? Oh. You're probably expecting a pay, what, is it 350-ish for a Pro? Yeah. For a PS4 Pro these days? So I would not be surprised if it lands at 500. If it was 450. But, for, but that's quite, yeah, 500. Yeah, it could be. Could be. So, but that's still like less than seven hundred dollars, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so we we'll, we we'll, will see what they do. Um, my question is: Is that going to be the best? You know, is that best, the best console to play Red Dead on? <laughs> Should I be waiting for a Scorpio? That's a good question. I, you might be right to be honest. Well, it depends if it's even going to be a launch game on that thing, right? If if the console version of Red Dead, or if Red Dead's going to be like a like they did with the original. Oh no, the original did come on 360 and PS4 simultaneously. Didn't it did, it? yeah. Uh, PS3, yeah. It did. yeah. Um, so yeah, hmm. we don't know if there's like an exclusivity thing going on with Red Dead, but I doubt I it. Bloody hope Red Dead is at E3 because this will be at E3, so then we can find out. That can't be very long away, right? What Red Dead? E3. Oh no! Uh, when is it? Usually end of May, Juneish. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, it's good to see Microsoft doing a complete one hundred and eighty on all that bullshit with Xbox One. So I think they're heading in the right direction. Oh. Uh- Okay, yeah, the one the one thing that they did note that is still in this thing is they're still putting the HDMI in port. So yay. Fine. Yeah, keep it. But, I mean, at least it's something unique. But they have, but they are keeping like as as with the S, the Connect port is no longer a thing. Right. Yeah. So you, if you want to run your Connect and your voice activation and that stuff, you still need to buy the uh, port, the Connect port to USB adapter and power supply that it requires because it can't draw the power it needs. Do they sell, USB. Do they sell like a a mic? <laughs> Just like a mic if you wanted to use Cortana. I, I don't think they do. I think you have to use a headset mic if you want to use that stuff without Connect. I wonder if Microsoft will have their own, you know, Alexa, Google Home type device that's not a games console. Especially eventually when they when they think mm. Cortana's good enough. Because I don't think it I don't think Cortana does the things that Alexa and I don't know what the what Google that Home one is. is the, Google is Home, the, yeah, there yeah. you go. Those Google Home devices aren't very nice looking, are they? <laughs> Compared to weird. the Amazon stuff, they're, you know, pretty, they're pretty ugly. Yeah. My brother's got one, I think. Oh, really? The, right? Yeah. The Google Home. He uses it, yeah. Like, a lot. And he's got the, he's just got the Google Assistant on his Android phone as well. And apparently they sort of talk, because the thing is, he's got, Google Home only came out in the UK like this week or something, but he's got the American one or has had. Mm. Um, so I don't know if they're fully compatible and stuff, but it, and sometimes they're both listening and they'll both answer uh, to OK Google, but they're smart enough to figure out which device to answer on. Stuff oh, like that's, that. okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I was literally just the other day, on the Xbox forums saying, I'd really like my Xbox to respond to something other than, well, I actually probably can't say it because I'm in the room, but yep. you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the phrase you use to get Cortana's attention. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would quite like if I could change that. And that's always been my problem with the, this system on virtual assistants. I want to change well, I'm the, the, same. the activation phrase. All I want to be able to say is computer like in Star Trek. <laughs> 
And I get that computer is too common a word, but I don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I, I want a phrase per device is, is my thing. So I want to be able to specifically ask the thing that I want to do yeah, the job a name. without without them all waking up. Well, it's like when Siri first did the Hey Siri thing. Of course, Gnome and I both turned it on at first when we both had one eye on an iPhone and stuff yeah. like that. Of course, everything both of them would light up whenever someone said it. And it's of like, hmm, this doesn't work, does it? Um, no. So I mean, yeah. that's a simple thing that they could solve easily. I think. Yeah, it's I, I don't know why they've thing. never done. It's it's so dumb. Like, like I I recently turned the, the 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 Cortana stuff on on my Xbox to see what it was like because it you know it came basically with the new dashboard. They were like, yeah, this is this, this is now properly integrated and stuff. Like, this works a lot better. So it's like, all right, let's try it. Um, but I kind of wish I could just say Xbox again. <laughs> Right. Like I, w- I want the old because uh, that was oh, super obvious. Do you have to say Cortana now? Okay. Uh huh. Right. That's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more. It's more flexible in the phrases you can use, which is great. But um, you know, because it's using a bit more. You don't have to use the canned expressions that mm. the that the old system because it does the uses. natural language processing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would much rather announce it as Xbox. <laughs> It's faster to say. So yeah, Scorpio. Scorpio. I, I'm I'm hoping it will be at uh, EGX this year. By the by the time that shows, I don't think it will be out by then. But I, I'm assuming. When's that? Um, Is that after E3? Because that yeah, that's way way after E3. We're talking yeah, yeah. early October. Yeah, probably. It'll be probably out by like. Maybe I don't reckon. We'll, I don't reckon. Yeah, I don't reckon we'll see it till November. But yeah, like in in stores. But yeah, it's a thing. It's exciting. We'll see what mm. they do with it. Let's hope Microsoft get their games act together. Speaking of Maybe. games, what's been announced? Well, Destiny two. Yeah. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. With a quite with a sort of slightly humorous trailer type thing with Nathan Fillion. It was sort of like funny. Yeah. Kind of a funny character. Slightly well, different shift in tone there. Uh, well, apparently that character was in Destiny One. I'm sure he was, but, but I mean, it looks well, a lot better marketing-wise than. Do you remember how bad Destiny One's marketing was with the like uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a little better, but but that marketing never matched the tone of the actual game, right? So this no, that's true. This feels like that again. A little, Probably, but at least yeah. they're using characters from the game well, this time. This, this feels more like a Call of Duty advert. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> But it does have a stupid explanation for why all your loot's going to be destroyed and you have to find new loot. Well, yeah, because everything got messed up. Everything basically got destroyed. Start again. Which is fine. That's the whole point of Destiny. You were literally in the last city already. (laughs) How can it get more messed up than that? (laughs) It's being under attack or something, isn't it? The last city? Where's where's your humble world going to be now? The last city's fucked up. Yeah, apparently the towers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> apparently the towers all messed up. So yeah, yeah you've lost all your gear. But that's fine. Sure, well, that's sure. what you're wearing, mate. <laughs> yeah, How yeah. are they going to Samus that? You get shot and then it all falls off. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my high quality pink has just drained from all my equipment. All your light fell out. They used a dye gun and just coloured me black. 
<laughs> no, everyone wants to be black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it has to be, have to be some kind of brown. Yeah. Exactly. They, they used brown bullets that's just coated the world in brown. It's the, the modern console shooting filter <laughs> bullet. Yeah, yeah, they used the... Um, what, what does that used to be called? The next-gen filter. Yep. Yeah. They've used next-gen filter guns. Uh, so, and it's coming to PC. Yay. Which is Where it good. should have been. Yeah, it's a... I mean, you've got to be hopeful, right? It's a bungee game, and it's an it's a shooter, and it'll be on <laughs> it's PC. It's a sequel to Destiny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Maybe I'd... they can fix stuff. <laughs> and also, like, the whole idea of Destiny wasn't it meant to be, like, the 10-year game? So really, yeah, this it... isn't technically Destiny 2. This is more like Destiny HD. <laughs> yeah, but they've clearly changed plans along the way, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, talk coming out of Bungie that they they realised they didn't. That, that I don't think Destiny One was quite what they were going for. It definitely yeah. wasn't. Um, so um, you know, especially given the history of their development and how it was ter- all uh, basically had to rewrite most of the game in the final year, stuff like that. And it's uh, the, 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 the having another shot at it, fresh, freshish. Seems like it might be okay. The problem they have now though is that Destiny One has an awful lot of fans. As flawed as that game may be, and how unappealing it is to me. Well, and they they started down the road towards the MMO style of like added content and and like paid expansions and stuff, mm. which made people have the idea that it was going to be the same style of thing, where like we should invest all our time in grinding this thing up because you know in the future we'll be able to continue to play these characters and. They'll keep adding the label thinking like, wow, or whatever, and it's like, we can keep grinding this forever, and it's like, nope, we're just going to completely separate it and make a new game. <laughs> I bet they'll give you something. Well, maybe well, yeah, something small. We like the Guild Wars, the Guild Wars 2 thing. Sure. It's like, that, you know, they gave you some stuff, but it, at a certain point, if you're making that break this early, or what seems like this early, if you imagined Destiny 1 to be an MMO, which, which it wasn't. Well, yeah, it's a sort of halfway <laughs> thing, isn't it, Destiny 1? But like, So I wonder if they'll go further with that. It was just because they because they tried to make it seem like that at the time and then realised that was a bad idea. They mm. seeded the expectations. <laughs> and then well, people weren't prepared for it to just turn into a regular game with a sequel. <laughs> For me, Destiny was always a lot of promise, not enough content. Well, right, yes. the first the yeah. first version of Destiny just didn't have enough stuff, um, and apparently the mission variety was actually quite limited. And yeah, yada yada yada, like uh, just a lot of real core problems. Even if the actual mechanical shooting stuff, everyone seemed to really like, but it just didn't have enough stuff. And uh, the thing that worries me now is that they have proven to themselves that their DLC model and their expansion pack model is popular, and it and it, well, and, it then, and it and it did well for them. So my my worry now is Destiny Two comes out also with a somewhat limited amount of content, and then right. the DLC pack, and then the DLC pack, and then the DLC pack. Well, I don't think their DLC pack strategy is actually that different from anyone else's DLC pack strategy at this point. They turned it into exactly the same thing as practically every other game ever. It's a bit more like the MMO model, but the expansion pack faster is the other thing. They're like the most MMOs, right? They they do their their expansions came about like well, six they were, months apart. They were more like halfway between an MMO and a regular shooter style. Kind of, but regular shooters don't often do campaign packs anymore, right? Regular shooters all well, just do because, like multiplayer map packs. Yeah, but that's so. because most regular shooters are multiplayer. Sure. <laughs> and they don't have campaigns. 
Like if, I mean, if Battlefield had had more, even more of a campaign than it tried to have this time, they probably could have got away with making it like a campaign expansion. I mean, the only, the only weirdly, my the only recent example I can think of in my head was the Bioshock Two stuff, and it's like, wow, that's a while. That's going back a bit. Sure, that was a single player game, so you know the yeah. expansions were single player. Yeah. What a surprise! I know, but Titanfall Two has a campaign. They're not doing any campaign DLC for that. They're doing multiplayer stuff. Yeah, but Titanfall 2's campaign was again the same as Battlefield One, where it's like they they just about managed to make it competent. Just, just about <laughs> to make it. Co- Titanfall 2's campaign is really good. Yeah, it's it's not, not just competent; it's really good. It's not like the, it's not like it would hold up an entire game by itself. They still have to have the multiplayer be the main thing about that game, really. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know if that argument holds. I can believe that more of a COD because COD's campaign's always always a little bit shorter than you'd like. But and you thought Titanfall Two was one wasn't shorter than you'd actually, like. Actually, no. Yeah, thinking <laughs> thinking back to it, that second half of the game was a bit shorter than I expected. Yeah, yeah, okay. In pure length, sure, but in quality. So they could have got away with doing like campaign expansions if they wanted to, I guess. If they thought that was the market, but it's not, because they knew that the whole reason that they were making Titanfall 2 was to make a better multiplayer. Well, no, actually, the market is there is no market, because Titanfall 2 didn't sell. Well, sure. Um, so that's why their, their, their multiplayer updates thus far have been to bring back old maps. No, of, which been, of which there's been two. This is a real bummer. Uh, what were we talking about? Destiny. Oh, Destiny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't think so, like, how, how are they going to make that different? I don't, like, can they even make that different? I, I don't think, uh, I think you're right in the, in the sense that I don't think they'll change the model, like, for the expansion passes. I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll well, not just the expansion passes, like, the whole game. <laughs> well, they can mechanically do whatever they want, right? I don't, I don't... <laughs> but can they? If they want to retain that market that they know is yeah. confused about Destiny One, even though it was weird, what does the fan base actually want? But, but then, what does the players that got turned off by Destiny, like me, what do, what do yeah. we want? And it's like I actually, honestly, don't know what I want from Destiny. Is the thing I don't know what it will be to push it over the edge. I think the content and the story, lack of decent story stuff in the first game, was definitely what put me off at first. Um, and then also the fact that I could probably only get it on console. I probably wouldn't be able, because it's on console, I probably wouldn't be able to organize a posse no. to play with, which is a big part of that game. Yeah. And well, they're then, fixing that, aren't they? Yeah, so the PC version, if you know, yeah, you fellas were in, there's more of an in there. You know, it's, it's all that stuff. I think it all sort of added together to make me not that interested in Destiny. To the point where even like no. when, they're, when they've got a massive booth at EGX go, like, we've got this exclusive strike for you to play here. And it's like, wow, you've got an enormous booth for something I care nothing about. You know, just... And it's not even that interesting a booth. I was just trying to think of what, what like what would even be comparable for us. And I guess it's like the closest thing for us would be Borderlands, right? Closest, yeah. Basically the same idea. Kinda. Shooting and then like missions and areas and, and, you could, <laughs> and grinding you if you want to. Co-op the whole thing and yeah. That was okay. Yeah, it's fine. We never finished Borderlands 2. I don't remember why. We just sort of stopped. 
Well, no, I think there was. A, I think we got to a point where it was getting kind of. Did we get to the stupid lava place? That that's where I it kind don't of sucks. even remember. <laughs> I, I don't even know. That's probably the most boring bit of Borderlands Two. That might have been where we stopped. Okay, we got to the lava area, and then it's like, oh, the missions here suck, and the area is real boring, <laughs> and it's just you just have to grind through it to get to the end game. At that point, you're not really. Quite, it's quite a large game, though. Yeah, it was. Destiny wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have taken us that long to finish. Probably we've played more Borderlands two than there probably was original Destiny. <laughs> probably, although I think if we if you wanted to, the trouble with Destiny was like if you wanted to get through all the content, it's, especially with the expansions, it was like you had to grind at a certain point, mm. and that's like that's where it falls down. Yeah, because because its mission design wasn't all that good, and at least Borderlands had quite a large, varied list of missions. Virtually never had to grind. Although it did force to level up at the right speed because yeah. they'd precisely planned it. And there was an excessive amount of. Uh, uh, Borderlands does suffer from an excessive amount of location revisiting, but two or three times normally. Well, not so much in Borderlands 2. In Borderlands 1, yeah. <laughs> a hell of a lot. Yeah. That was why you had to learn that secret technique of really, like sweeping off all the missions from one area before you went and did it and mm. clearing them all in one shot. Try, trying to get it done as, in, <laughs> as close to one as you can. Because you sometimes got follow-on missions, which is a bugger. But. Yeah. But yeah, grinding is like, it just doesn't seem to fit with that style of the game for me. No, I sort of agree with you. And that's why campaigns always made more sense. Especially the raid repeating, right? The yeah. whole... You know what I thought the other day? You know that this, this, this stuff about like Ghost Recon Wildlands and the sort of weird... Uh, I know we're not remotely interested in this, but the sort of... The, the mediocre reaction that game's generally had overall. Yeah. I, I couldn't help but think that everyone seems to be missing the point on this, right? Like, uh, the, the, the most fun I think I've ever had with a Ghost Recon game was when the three of us tried to do those super well, hard yeah, co-op challenges Well, yeah, but that's the problem Brawl. with that stupid game, is it isn't like that. It's not a fucking Ghost Recon game. That's the no. problem with it. Like, it, they, I, I still think the concept, uh, especially after I just came off playing Metal Gear Solid, which was the, you know, an open-world transposition of, a like, a military stealth game, they could have done an open-world transposition of the military squad shooter that was Ghost Recon. But they absolutely didn't. Like, it literally has a thing where you press a button and all your squad mates, you like mark targets and then you hit a button and it doesn't matter where your squad mates are, they just magically headshot them all. Mm. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, anyway. I, you know, I suppose you could actually not play with the AI, right? <laughs> and, then, and then that stuff goes away. I, I, I don't but, think you but, can fix it. Yeah. But yeah, the whole thing about those ghost, the, 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 the ghost recon chat, thing, you know, the co op stuff, there was only like four of them, wasn't there, in Grawl, which is which was a real bummer because there was. Super hard, like there, you, you died and stayed dead, um, mm. which forced you to play it. But well, some, it was like a sort of. No, I should hate that game, right? I mm. should hate how that plays. That is not me at all. But it, they pulled it off, and it was a good. You know, when you got three of the three of us trying desperately to figure out how to do this, it was more it was like a sort really of really cool. It was like a kind of outdoorsy version of like those SWAT games where you had to a little bit, yeah, yeah. I think, I, think yeah. if, I think if someone did do that and definitely doubled down on the whole co-op part of it, then they'd be onto something. But I want no part of Wildlands. I'm no, be it's there's, lowest there's common in, denominator. There's, there's nothing, like, yeah. 
Ubisoft open world game. No, yeah, there's, no, there's nothing in that game that interests me at all. The Yancey but... review of that was pretty funny. I recommend it. Okay. <laughs> Zero punctuation, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And, uh, Jeff comments about Baby Makes 3. There you go. That's all you need. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff Gerson. What else is going on? Uh, Bayonetta? So, yeah, we will. N- this is non news right now, generally. <laughs> But uh, on April 1st, uh, Sega released on Steam 8-Bit Bayonetta, which is basically a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a terrible little game. But um, uh, you, you can't move, and it's just about shooting the enemies before they reach you. Um, terrible little game. But it's totally free. Um, and if you got, and the achievements are quite easy to get. And if you stitch the achievements together, you'll notice that it forms a picture of the back of Bayonetta. And on one of her red hair strands things that were tied to her original uh, it's, it's it's worth pointing out it's the original bayonetta model so not the bayonetta 2 model um but you know on the red stuff tassels hanging from her hair there was a web address you type that in and there's a countdown which ends in two days time so april 11th if you're listening to this um everyone thinks it's going to be a pc re-release of bayonetta 1 oh uh okay but that's but that's still news that could be hilarious i'm up for that well here's here's the thing like it's not going to be bayonetta 3 right because platinum have been working on platinum's a team have been working on near so there's there's no there's no way they have the resources to be putting together bayonetta 3 right now um Bayonetta 2 would be a good Switch port. God damn it. I know it's oh, like oh every Wii U game yeah. Switch. But, well, that's um... the other possibility <laughs> that, that actually this isn't about a PC game at all. <laughs> that it is just the, but they're moving Bayonetta to the Switch with Nintendo's help because, you know, they did that already. That's the other possibility. Either way, good news. But oh my gosh, like PC releases of either of those games would be great. Like, you know, I'd, I'd sure. actually. As soon as I played that, I thought, man, yeah, Bayonetta 2, that was a hell of a game. And then it made me think, oh, if they're only doing Bayonetta 1, that would kind of suck. I want Bayonetta 2. I want to play that again. Mm. I could play it on the Switch, but it's like, come on. I mean, on the Wii U, but it's like, come on, PC version. That'd be good. It's a hell of a game. Wipeout is coming out in June, so that's exciting for me, I guess. Omega Collection. Get, if, if you're going to get your PlayStation. That's the question after no, the Scorpio no, news. Scorpio's in the ring. Yeah. So you're going to have to wait for E3 to decide on that shit. But I also have other things to sort out before then, like where the hell am I going to live? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. That. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's all on hold. But yes, Omega Collection. It shall, it shall be coming. And, and finally, on my list of news, just the continuing Mass Effect. Fate, tired face face gate. <laughs> face gate. That's clearly what we need to call it. <laughs> face gate is carrying on. Um, uh, yes. It does look like this most recent patch has, I, I would say, significantly fixed a number of face problems that I, I mean, the eyes look better. Yeah, it's the positioning of the pupils was always the thing. Mm. Like where, where they sat in, where the eyes sat in the socket always seemed to be too low. And it's, uh, uh, so, so yeah, fixing that seems to have made a big difference. They've adjusted how the lighting affects both eyes and the skin of the characters, and it looks a bit more, uh, yeah, g- generally a little bit less crazy. Um, and also for the My Face is Tired sequence, they basically redid all of the animation <laughs> for 
but Edison. Well, I, think I guess you could say they did animate. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they did anything at all. So, so the whole moment where she's angry and then suddenly drifts to my face is tired just doesn't seem totally out of place. Although my face is tired is still a weird thing to yeah, say. Very they weird. didn't change the writing at all. And they also didn't change female writer's dumb, stupid face. <laughs> no, she's still she quite... She still has that dumb smirk yeah. all the time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see that they're making... it. Like, it, it, everything about this game points to they had to get it out, right? Like, well, that they were forced to put it out because of end of fiscal year and blah, 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 blah. Well, they were forced to spend multiple years working on Mass Effect when instead of, like, a new original idea for... Because it seems like everyone that, you know, really cared about Mass Effect probably left after they'd finished their trilogy. Sure. <laughs> um, including, like, the founders of Bioware left, right? The, the doctors. The doctors. Whatever. Yeah. So it's not the same company. And then what you need is... Oh, that okay, that's great, EA. You've got a lot of talented developers that you still got on staff and a new, in, a new ones that you've hired and they're like an RPG studio so make, make a cool new RPG but you say that but isn't the other half or one of the other Bioware's technically working on that Star Wars thing what is that Star Wars thing we I don't know not, as long <laughs> we as don't not, know uh, ever, all anyone wanted was KOTOR 3 but at this point I hope they don't do that because if it's going to be as bad as Mass Effect Andromeda I definitely don't want to see that <laughs> Well, as you say, if like if Bioware isn't the same Bioware, maybe more of the old Bioware is in the other Bioware. Went into the Star Wars, maybe because it's yeah. apparently like Star Wars Celebration, like this week or something, and there'll be an, an episode eight trailer, um, yeah, or, of some kind or teaser or something. Um, so, um, so there may be video game Star Wars news. Yeah, it should be should be May the fourth, right? May the fourth, exactly. yeah, maybe. Why is it Star Wars Celebration Week then? What is it like the the anniversary? No, that's of the, the name of their big convention. It's called Celebration. I don't no. know why. It's um, <laughs> oh. a bad name for a convention. Mm. I sp- oh, I suppose it's exactly what you do at a convention, right? I guess. You're, you're celebrating your favorite medium. Mm. So yes. News! News! It's time for what you've been playing. Bit of news, though. What? One more little thing that I remembered while we were sitting here. It's not really news exactly, but there was the slight, up, slight, not really a fiasco about switches bending. Switches uh. bend? Yeah. So, like, supposedly people have been discovering that their switch, with they, which they never undocked, because why would you? <laughs> <laughs> They've been picking it up and seeing that it would bend. It would be bent due to something happening. What? People were speculating that what had actually happened is because people were so paranoid about the screen scratchers, they'd done what they put a cloth or whatever onto the dock to prevent the scratches, and that was affecting the heat distribution, and then the, the, the switch wow. was getting bent from that. Which okay. is good. It's like you solve one problem, you create a different problem. Nice. <laughs> it's a good move. Huh. But screen protectors, that seems to be the only safe option. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Although it seems weird that like they that, uh, that it could bend just from heat, because that means like the heat tolerance must be real like on the edge. Yeah. If it like if it like not many more degrees than it runs at and then it suddenly starts getting fucking bent. But what is 
Yeah, what is bending? Is it like the, the casing or is it? Yeah, it the seems top? like the back yeah. back of the casing and then sort of affects the screen. Sure. So pressuring the screen, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That seemed to be like there was a minor kerfuffle about it for a minute and then it's like that might not have been that many cases and who knows if those people were shoving all kinds of cloth into the <laughs> covering up the vents, the heating where the heat comes out. The vents. Just be careful when you're putting it into the dock. It's not that hard. <laughs> screen protectors. Or screen protectors. I'm still having the mystery problems of like the left Joy-Con where it just won't charge or it doesn't hold charge well enough or whatever. So, mm, yeah, which, which your that. problem still seems to be not what they... Because we, we haven't talked about this, but like you know they did say that they will replace left Joy-Cons now that supposedly have the, um, yeah, the transmission issue. Not really replace, or I guess. Or I well, they haven't necessarily said replace, have they? Like they've said whether they'll. Like, well, it's whether they whether it's a thing where you like what I did with the 3ds twice, where you send it in and then they fix it. Because apparently mm. the fix is just you shove a bit of foam in there and that's it. Conductive foam, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. So that could be a warranty thing. But yeah, so it's the weird thing. Like, so they've been doing that supposedly to fix devices, but their, their official standpoint is that it's bit, that, that it was a sort of manufacturing defect in some, well, it's like, or a that... variance in some of them. So does that mean that the ones without the foam are okay? Well, it's like, how, how did the, if that's, if that is, as they claim a manufacturing defect, how did they didn't they... call it a defect. They call it a variant. Or variant. Yeah. Well, it's like, how, what, like, was the production line just faulty? Like, did the foam dispenser not work for a while and then made all these ones with no foam in? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> like, that seems like something someone would notice. Well, it seems like maybe that was like, like at the end of a line or something and like, and so they didn't waste foam or something to put a little bit too less in there or something. Or... <laughs> but it seems like there's no foam. Yeah. No foam is the one that has the... I don't know. And also, like, the idea that it... you can send that back and get it fixed or warranty or whatever or replaced... How do they? How can you prove that your one is having the problem? I, I'm not entirely sure that they'll check. No, it's like exactly. Just send it back. Well, yeah, but that is that is that the case? Is it like a universal thing where it's just like if you claim that you're having a problem, you can get it on the Nintendo warranty, like they did with the 3DS? Yeah, so, so it's just like so again, they did say, didn't they, in their official thing that this isn't a just blanket recall replace thing. Yeah. Even though they will just happily replace it, it seems. Or foam it. Or whatever it is they're doing. Because I was like, you know, at a certain point you're just like, well, surely you should just send your one in by default automatically. Yeah. If you had a launch day switch, just automatically assume that your one didn't have foam in. If you have the slightest suspicion. But then, uh, then, then, if you haven't been having the problem enough for it to be noticeable or at all, do you care enough to go through that whole process of having to not have a switch essentially for however long it takes? Here's the thing: I bet most people won't even know, right? <laughs> no. Here's the thing with these 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 announcements: it's like you know, only people like us will ever hear them, right? It's or people listening to this podcast, or mm. you know, the, the the super enthusiasts. We're not mainstream. Clearly, we're cult. <laughs> I don't know. And then I, yeah, like I was saying, I have the mysterious. I have this mysterious other problem with my left Joy-Con, which doesn't seem to be anything related to. Mm, yeah, your ones were different. 
Although I, I get it, it's like, is it is it a problem or is that just how it works? Dan, what's your experience with the Joy-Cons? Do they, does one of them always get low battery before the other? Honestly, I don't use the Joy-Cons anymore. <laughs> no, okay. The Pro Controller pro. is a really good controller. Yeah, mm. it's it's a really good controller. It, it's very comfortable. Um, I mean, the only issue with it as a, like a universal controller is it doesn't have analog triggers. Yeah, that's but a I'll, Nintendo thing. Otherwise, it would be like legit, like competitor for the 360 pad. I reckon. It's a thing. I know why Nintendo don't put analog triggers on their controllers because it's because that wouldn't work in the handhelds uh, format, I guess. But um, it is, it's still a little bit of a bummer. It's the one it's thing. If you want to play a racing game, <laughs> yeah, it's the one thing that holds that console back. But I guess not in enough ways that it matters. Anyway, so yeah, I'm afraid I, don't, I can't speak on the Joy-Con issues because I've not been using them. And the buttons are massive on the uh, Pro Controller in comparison. Yeah, I, I was just before the start of this podcast when I was using Rob's Wii U, and I was trying to use the, I was using the, you know, the pad with the buttons on it. Yeah, and I was like, well, man, these buttons feel really far apart compared to the <laughs> compared to the ones on the yeah. Joy-Con. And massive. I think I'm used to the Joy-Con ones now. That's the trouble. Although, actually, really, the Joy-Con buttons aren't that different from the 3DS in terms of no. like size and feel. So that's probably why I was used to it anyway. I should get a Bluetooth adapter for my PC. <laughs> a, little, a little card in there. Yeah. Because it's not built into my motherboards. Because I should... I don't know how easy it would be, but my, my Wii U Pro controller has never got a great deal of use. I used it a bit to play Bayonetta. <laughs> And, and so you're you're looking to like recoup your investment by you bit, yeah. spending more money to put in onto a They're not very expensive. They're like no, five quid no. or something. Yeah, just for a little PCIe card or something that will live in the system. Be... Yeah, you could get a, a USB dongle. That, you know, yeah, or, or even that. Yeah, something something like that will work. I think I'd quite like something internal. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, try and try and use that Pro controller or something because you know the D pads real nice. <laughs> um, I was looking because I've been diving down the emulation hole more. It's like, ah, oh, I probably want a decent digital controller, right? Because using the Xbox pad for old games isn't actually that great. You don't want anything that uses the Xbox 360 pad. Yeah, exactly. And there's <laughs> a problem. There's a problem. You go back to some of those old console games and trying to play them with the actual stick doesn't. It just doesn't feel right. So it's yeah something something with a good D pad. Oh, maybe I could maybe I, should, I haven't actually tried an X Bone controller, and the D pad and that thing is actually all right. So maybe I should try that. Although I've, I've read a lot of places saying actually just get yourself a PS4 controller. Like the D pad on that is pretty much ideal for right, and it's in the right gaming. place, I suppose. Yeah, um, but I'd need a Bluetooth adapter for that as well. And True. you have to run software to get it to work. And, and they're like, not mm. cheap, are they? No, they're not cheap. Well, then again, the Wii U Pro controllers and that cheap, but if you no. already have one of those, no. Well, yeah, I have one now. I picked it up for Smash Bros. before the um, well, the uh, GameCube adapter thing was impossible to find. Yep, that's gonna be. I, I well, that's why. That's the other reason I was playing Smash Bros. on Rob's Wii U before the start of the podcast because I was like, at some point we're not gonna be able to use GameCube controllers. We're like on the Switch. <laughs> at some point we're not going to be using GameCube controllers any longer. Maybe I should try and play Smash Bros. with a 
With the new Nintendo it's, button layout. You know what? It's, to- it's totally fine playing it on the gamepad, but I customised it so it more closely matched the GameCube. Well, yeah, I, I, when, I, when I switched the buttons around, I was like, yeah, this is better. But it's still not... Well, I mean, again, that was why, why I was saying like, the, the Switch buttons are close together. I was like, oh, the, it feels so weird to have to go so far up to jump. Yeah, the, di- the difference between A and Y on a, on a traditional pad is way different to where the GameCube's button layout was. Yeah. And it's... Um, but even compared to the Switch buttons, I was like, I, maybe I'd be better at Smash Bros. on the 3DS or something. <laughs> I did think about, apparently you can get the adapter thing to work on PC. Mm. So I could get my GameCube um, controllers working on PC. Um, but you need to download some somewhat sketchy software to do it naturally uh, because it requires an unsigned driver and stuff like that to be manually installed to windows but uh which is a bit risky but apparently it could work and i can't help but think if i'm going to play any more f-zero that might be the way to go Mm. because uh playing f-zero gx in dolphin which i've been doing a little bit more of um there's it's really way too easy to accidentally pull forward and back on the stick when you mean to just be turning in the air. There's something like the GameCube, you know the GameCube notches right. on the left stick. It's like, I didn't quite realise just how important they were to some games or how, how some games just didn't expect you to be drifting down or up just a little bit. Because it turns out your your pitch control in that era is really sensitive. Mm. Even if I even though I've upped the dead zone quite a bit, because you know Xbox controllers of age get, get that funny drift uh, on their resting position, so my dead zone's quite high. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's still too easy to go over a jump in that game and accidentally pull back just a little bit, so you lose all your speed and die. Um, <laughs> So I might try and get my GameCube controllers working just for that, and maybe Sonic Colors when we get around to playing that. Yeah. So I, I, I might take the risky driver plunge and see what happens. See what happens. Controllers, controllers are cool. Fix your left Joy-Con. Send it in. See what happens. Maybe you should contact Nintendo support anyway and see what they say. I don't think they say anything exactly. Well, they just say, send it to us, please. Yeah, they just say, here's an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> send a stamp addressed envelope, too. P.O. Box 900! No, send a list. I was just thinking that over there. Yeah, exactly. I buy the drugs. Anyway. Games. Yes, what have you been playing? Uh, Rob, do you want to go again? Uh, I could carry on. Uh, I've sort of been talking about the emulator hole I've been in a little bit. Getting getting MAME and stuff running nice and mucking around with its settings to make the CRT simulation it has look real good. It's, it's, got, it's got quite... Like they call it do you HLR. actually use that stuff? Are you keen on that? Does it, is it good? You know what? It does add something, right? Uh, like... Mm. In the past, I've been all about those pixels, right? But when you're, there are certain games I remember playing as a kid, like at the Stowmarket Leisure Centre, where there's like, like they used to have a couple of cabinets in the waiting room or the weird lobby place. I don't even know what you'd call it. It was like a corridor. Yeah, it was a corridor. It was like a pointless corridor <laughs> with, with some toilets off the side. <laughs> I think. I think. 
um but it used to have like like yeah a couple of arcade machines in there and like when i played those games without any pixel um effects on it didn't it didn't hit that nostalgia button somehow it's like oh i get this mechanically but there's there's something not right so when you fiddle, figure fiddle around with mame a little bit there's you can turn on some you know, the the uh, hlsl um uh and that by it's Mame is designed in quite a neat way, whereby like the games tell it what it Mame knows what screen that game sh- used to be played on, like right up from its resolution, right to its like the actual. It's a raster screen. It's a CRT. This was played on an LCD. This was played on a vector. It's like and lets you set different configuration files for the various screen types. Right. So the default one for HLSL on CRT was. Impressive at first, but then when I turned it off, I realized, oh, this is a bit much. Because what it was doing is it was blooming every every pixel a little. Um, so you'd have a, like, a glow effect to the screen, which was kind of cool, but also had the side effect of oversaturating the color bands in some ways. So certain details were lost, mm. uh, it, especially in the dark ranges. Like, So if you had like a brownie sort of rock texture, there's a good chance you might actually lose a whole color. From the from the game's palette, and you just would never see it because it was just applying such an extreme, or it wasn't really even really that extreme, but it was just a bit too much of an offset to how those right. colors were rendered. Yes. Um, uh, you know, certain greens would actually just turn up straight up blue, for instance. And it's uh, yeah, so so I reduced the having mucked around in an any file to reduce the effect that that had significantly. I think I did it by like so it's like a quarter of the original color changing effect right uh it looks real nice now like proper old crt looking scan lines you know the sort of red uh, slight rgb sort of offsets that you know old sets used to have when you were that close to them and mm-hmm. uh um i had a, a, a you know when you explore those settings you could although i haven't turned them on you could add the slight screen bend if you wanted it to to oh, like really? simulate the crt bulge oh nice and you've got a number of different ways of editing that you could even buy go go by quadratic distortion or uh cubic distortion or you can even add the little a little white um lighting reflection if you want to like you can add a little like as if there was a light source behind you behind you sort of shine on the screen it's it's actually pretty cool and the effect is quite uh it's 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 quite believable compared to most like crt filters i've seen in emulation efforts it's uh, it's neat. It's real neat. I like it, and now I've tweaked it to to how to 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 be slightly more subtle. slightly nicer. Yeah, slightly more subtle. It's uh, it's it, it it hits all the right buttons for me. It's like you know, no, this is how it looked. This is how the game played, uh, and it's great. I love it. It's cool. it's um. I also want to big at this point sort of say a bit of a shout out to. Uh, I'm using a bit of software called Launchbox. Um. Which is uh, kind of like a, a a collation engine, I suppose, for for your for all your games and stuff. It can you can import ROMs into it, and it knows you can configure what emulator to use for each platform, and then it organizes it all, and it goes to metadata sites to download the graphics for it, and um, organizes it nicely. And if you really want to go deep down the rabbit hole, you can download entire soundtracks for games, which I did accidentally, and ended up with gigs upon gigs of soundtrack data that I don't really want. I should probably try and get rid of. Um, mm. 
but it's it's a cool bit of kit. Uh, I'm using the free version right now because that's all I really want. But if you want to build like your own arcade cabinet style things with full on uh, interfaces and you know, but you know, nice interface to get around it and pick what game you want to play, it's like they have a paid version that's quite tempting at this point. <laughs> Really? Cool. Now I've gone. Now I've gone so far down this hole. It's just like uh, a bit of me is like, why not go all the way? <laughs> it's hmm. it's a cool it's a cool bit of kit. Check it. Check it What's out. What's it called again? Launchbox. Nice. Um. Yeah, and in, you know, in theory, you can load anything you want to. You don't have to do what I'm doing and be, do the slightly shady world of emulation. You can do the. Uh, um, uh, you can you just load straight up. It has an option to import Steam links into it, so it knows to activate your Steam. So in theory, if you did go down the route of having like this, its own they call it big box, but you know like big picture style interface, it would know how to talk to Steam to launch your stuff. Mm. And uh, it it seems like a fairly cool, cool thing. Updates real frequently as well. There's like a, at least an update every month. To most of them are just quality of life things. Like oh hey, you can set up sort of your own gaming playlists and uh, you can we now have additional theming options for most of that stuff is in pe- the paid versions but like, you can still do it and it's uh it's a cool thing uh yeah so i've been mucking around with that a bit too much uh i played some sonic chaos <laughs> what <laughs> i know because i was mucking around with this play that one because uh, that was the one. I, that's probably the. Oh, I played some of that, and I played some of Sonic Two because those were the two um, the two Game Gear games I probably <laughs> spent quite a lot of time with. Sonic Chaos was so bad. Sonic Chaos isn't that bad. I mean, it was on the Game Gear. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's automatically get, pretty very mad. The Game Gear Sonics are a bit odd, like in general. I had Sonic but, Chaos. Yeah, you did. It was yours. It was a. Uh, it's quite a good one. It's quite a good Sonic game. I quite enjoyed it. I, Ended up, I, I fired it up just to see if I, you know, oh, let's see what this is like. I mean, there was and like- then ended up playing way too much of it. And I did the same with Sonic 2 as well. I fired it up just to be like, oh, let's see what this is like. And then ended up playing through half of it before realizing what I was doing. I mean, Sonic Chaos is like, the start was okay. <laughs> Once you got past the first two world, two like stages, four acts, then it started going downhill. Well, it's basically the classic solid problem. You got to the water stage, and then yeah. it's like, fuck shit. <laughs> yeah, water, water stages aren't so hot. But... And uh, just the, the, the Sonic 2 especially, the music in that game is really good. And uh, the... Um, uh, what was it? The, um, well, for, for a Game Gear game anyway, that thing didn't really have much of a... much in the way of sound capabilities. Um but it's just some of the weird stuff that game did. Like those, st- those stages are way shorter than I remember, but it's like, and then you get the glider in stage two and you're just like, oh yeah, I have to try and figure out how to glide around the stage. Oh, and there are trees, there are th- not trees, there are random clouds in the background that aren't in the background. They have springs in them. And this is how you get to the secret stuff. <laughs> and it's, I'm trying to remember how I did some of the bonkers jumps I used to do. Hmm. It was a, I had a fun time just mucking around with that thing briefly. Um, they do not hold up <laughs> technically in any no. way. You should probably play the Mega Drive Sonic games, but you know. But how well does it does the Game Gear emulator simulate the terribleness of like the screen lag? And see, the- so it so it doesn't. I'm, I might need to. I might try and hunt. Uh, so I'm using the emulator I'm using for that is called Kega Fusion, which is a Genesis and Master System and Game Gear emulator. Um, 
but it doesn't simulate, as I say, the screen blur. Yeah. I, re- I really want to find one that can sort of reproduce the, the, the crappiness of that old LCD screen. Because <laughs> it masked a lot of the old problems of a lot of those games in a weird way. Yeah. It made them look way smoother than they, than they should. Uh, yeah, so, so so I was having fun with that. That's probably my emulation tail over. Let's talk about a real game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about a game that, that isn't like 20 years old. What have you been playing? Hyper Light Drifter. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm about... I've, I've played and finished the main campaign of that. So what's the deal with it? Right. This is a difficult one to explain. So, okay. So let's let's talk mechanically first of all. It's it's basically a sort of. Uh, I want to say it borrows a lot of the style from. Uh, no, no. Let's let's just come back to style. It's like imagine the sort of viewpoint that you have in like Enter the Gungeon, right? You're sort of looking at it from it's a it's a pixel art style, um, oblique angle. Um, style uh, sort of game but it's combat instead of being more i don't know bullet hell bind of binding of isaac sort of dungeon crawling stuff is a more is it is it is very much a designed almost bayonetta like brawler oh um but all presented in this in this sort of you know 2d pixel art style and uh with the atmosphere of fez and some of the design, some of the punishing design you'd expect from a Dark Souls game. Mm. And it's a sort of a mashup of all those things in a way that mostly works, but sometimes doesn't. Okay. So uh, it's, it's, it's real interesting. So, like, so the, the, the combat has you, like, you, you basically only have well, like, your melee attack, you have a gun, um, with your various guns throughout the campaign, uh, and your but your signature mechanic is a, is basically a dash, um, which I guess would be the, the you know the equivalent of bayonetta's dodge and stuff like that. So you, you, you use you're using that all the time, um, and uh, uh, yeah. So you, you're, then it has has the the relatively interesting mechanic of like your guns have limited ammo, but in order to restock them, your light sword has to slash a few things. Okay. So you can only use your guns. You can't use your guns all the time, basically. Not quite how the hyperlight drifter gun in Enter the Gungeon works. <laughs> oh, right. Is, is there a hyperlight drifter gun in there? Yeah. What does it do in there? You have 13 bullets, and provided you don't miss, you always have 13 bullets. Oh, right. Yeah, that's nothing like this. <laughs> it's similar. Um, you still have to make sure you only you can only restock it from ammo then in that game. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in 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 yeah in hyperlight, you can use it a bit, and but you're you're forced to to get involved and do some close combat stuff before you could unload a few more shots, for instance. It, it reloads pretty quickly off enemies, but you can also destroy the environment to get a little, um, to get, to get a little little bonus to it. Um, and you'll find other guns throughout the course of the course of the game that require more of that energy, I suppose, to fire a shot. Um, like you could basically get a railgun at one point and a shotgun and stuff like that, and they they have slightly fewer bullets in their clip, but they take um, the same amount of energy to fully recharge. If you see, what I mean, to full to fill that clip, so you you can you can balance how you want to play a little bit like that. In the end, I ended up settling for like a five bullet 
shotgun because like in, <laughs> if you get right up in someone's face and just fire that that's five damage that was nice whereas your sword normally only does one per hit so it was it was like a uh that was the risky strategy for me it's like get, get up in their face just fire it off five damage that's nice mm. um uh yeah so i think that side of the game works really well um where, where i start to have a problem of how its combat works is that it's almost fighting gamey in it's uh in the timing of how you have to activate things it's very animation heavy in the sense that um uh, when you boost uh, when you dash around for instance it's like at the end of a dash there's a delay before you can actually activate an attack like so you can't you have to wait for you you move and then there's a sort of a, a moment where you're like Ugh, before you can actually move into the stance to actually then play your attack animation and the same applies to your attacks if you if you want you have to wait for the attack animation to finish before you can do an, another action like dash out of the way mm, okay which makes it a very committal style of of brawler you know you have to commit to the action you're doing because you've got no choice once you've started it you're stuck to that's it, it you're stuck um uh, you know bayonetta has that with its attacks but its dodge was always available to you yeah so you, you could always interrupt, interrupt whatever you were doing with a, with a well-timed dodge meaning you always felt like you're on the offensive this you have to be way more measured and way more uh thoughtful in your approach um which is fine when the game said it's low to medium difficulty um which is the majority of the game but when it wants to be hard and it's throwing a billion enemies all at once none of which uh it has that same that that classic brawler problem where none of them are really paying attention to what any of the other enemies are doing yeah they're just piling um, on so they're just piling on so it's entirely possible for you to have moments where there was no way i could get out of that without avoiding damage or at least it feels like that um I, I went back after playing this game to read a lot of reviews, having finished it, uh, to sort of see what the general consensus was about the combat. And it seems like I might be in the mon- minority with my complaints with the combat system. I, mm-hmm. A lot of the reviews state it's like this never felt unfair and, and, and things like that. And I'm like, no, I, I, I think in actually quite a few cases there are unfair conditions where there was nothing you could do. Um, just because of where you got stuck or you can't dash through enemies, for instance, so you might uh, you know, you might actually have got wedged wedged in a corner with not a great deal you could have done to achieve it. Um, and this is sort of exacerbated by the game's health system, which is also quite interesting, but I don't think really does it many favors. Um, so, so over the court, uh, from the start to the end of the game, your life bar never increases. You only ever have five HP, and most attacks in the game will either do one or two health points of damage. So yeah, during the course of a fight, you're, you're you know you're always on the cusp of things going very badly wrong. Um, uh, you do carry around med packs, but in order to use them, you require a moment of space for you to press the button. There's then a slight delay before it activates, and then uh, then the moment where and then it also takes a brief moment of time for it to actually fill your bar. So all of that stuff actually takes time, and being able to get out of a fight enough to be able to use one is a skill unto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this combined with what I was talking about before means you're during the more difficult fights, you're always at risk of the game screwing you and basically just ending your life bar and that's it. You're dead. Like if you can't use a med pack before you run out of hit, hit points, it's like, that's it. You're dead. That's it. That's, it's all it's like, cheers game. <laughs> and that's it. That's mm-hmm. super apparent in some of the boss fights 
not all of them. Some of them are re- really well designed, but there's a couple of boss fights where it's entirely possible to get stuck in a hit loop, and it's just like, oh, I'm dead. Um, uh, and you know, those fights are quite. Some of them are fairly hard endurance trials. Yeah, and, and and there's a horde mode effectively where you get like four health packs to survive ten rounds of enemies, and there's increasing numbers of enemies towards it. And I find I've got to like the ninth phase of those. And then I just get screwed in like a one hit combo, like every time. And it's like, like, and it's just like, well, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do against this. Um, and I know I'm, I'm a little bit undisciplined sometimes when it comes to games like that, you know, I'm a little bit mashy, but, uh, but I learned to discipline and I still feel I can't do it in those scenarios. Like a, a rocket will hit me and I'll, and I'll blast off a cliff and I'll fall down, which uh, the rockets do two health points. I'll have accidentally fallen off the platform as a result of the blowback, uh, which costs another point of damage. When I respawn, I'll be in the middle of another enemy who's already jumping to my location and that will land on me doing two points of damage before I could do anything. And I'm dead. You know, it's just that happens and it happens way too frequently as the game gets harder. And it's a real shame because I, I kind of yeah. really want to love this. The style is amazing. It's Fez meets, well, it's basically Fez. <laughs> in a way. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the animation, the pixel animation quality is, is, is good. is as good as that. The soundtrack is disaster piece. So it's the Fez guy. All right. And, yeah. And, okay. and, you know, the ambience is really good. Um, it has, a, a, like Fez, it has a very abstract style. Uh, but it goes a step further almost than Fez does in the sense that there's very, there's the world and the story is never explained in with any word of English. It is all abstract. It is all the best you get are pictograph stories on occasion. It has a very bizarre intro sequence that while beautifully animated, I have no idea what's going on. And in fairness, now I've finished the game. I have no idea what was going on, but the style is really nice. I'm sort of swept away <laughs> okay. by it, even if I don't understand it. I don't know. There's a thing with a dog and there's diamond heads and there's a shadow monster and you're ill <laughs> coughing up blood every now and then. I don't know what's going on, but, but it looks cool and sounds cool. So I, I, I really want to like the game more than I do. And it did get its hooks in me. I did finish it and I did, kind of not want to play anything else but now i've finished it and what i've got left is to either traverse the world trying to find its many many secrets um or uh do its horde mode or do its boss rush boss rush boss rush and like most games i finished it and we're like i don't know if i want to do any of that stuff hmm and, you know, personal gripe, it's a little bit harsh with its achievement list because most of it is, like, 100% a certain thing. Like, collect all of this, do all of this, beat all the boss rush modes. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it doesn't really give you a lot along the way. So it's a little bit harsh in its achievements. So you're not going back for that stuff? I don't know. As to say, it's still kind of got its hooks in me a little bit, but I, only, I literally finished it this morning. Um so well, we'll see how it pans out. It might be a few days and I might go back to it to see how it goes. Cause it is, there is something to it. I just have a bit of a beef with those moments in the combat where it's just like, where, where it does feel like I had no option, but to die. There's yeah, a real well, place. Yeah. There's, there's a real pleasure in just traversing the world. And, uh, I, I guess 
minor spoiler but there's a symbology to the world you learn of it like it's not really like a language or anything super fez like but the the game has a has a it's pretty much a trick where you start to be able to see where there may be secrets and it's uh and i quite like that discovering that was quite a nice feeling um it's like oh right yeah no i know what to look for now I wish I'd discovered that earlier. <laughs> oh, really? Did you miss quite a lot? Do you think from not knowing? Well, that? I revisited all of the areas at least once, like just to make just to look for this thing, and uh, yeah, found a lot more stuff. Uh, and I know for a fact there's at least uh, there's, I probably only found seventy five percent of the stuff in that game. I think there's a whole another twenty five percent of collectibles and outfits and. Uh, gear bits for upgrading that I've probably missed, although I don't need any more of that because I've maxed out, but, you know, just, yeah. There's, there's there's a lot to find in that game, and it is it's fun hunting that stuff out. But when it wants to be hard, it's really, really hard. It sounds like it. Uh, yeah, Hyper Light Drifter. Enjoyed it. Um, I dread to think what that game was like before they patched 60 frames per second in because there was a there was quite a large period of time where only where the engine was limited to thirty, but they fixed that. Yeah, they fixed it, and it and it and it, and it runs great. Sweet. Uh, also made in Game Maker. Oh really? Yeah. It's amazing what you can be done with that. Yeah, it's a good looking game. Well, yeah, it's amazing what can be done with that if you have some talented artists. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hyperlight Drifter. That's. Uh, I suppose that's pretty much all we've been playing. Zach and I, I think, I guess, can talk some Rocket League because we played some Drop Zone. Sure. Which is the the new game mode where you have to destroy the floor with the ball, make some holes in it, and then punt the ball through the hole you've just made. Uh, I actually really enjoy that mode. I think it's good fun. <laughs> it's uh, it, it it forces you to do a bit of aerial training, I suppose. Yeah. Except not always. Sometimes the best tactic is just to be like a foot off the ground and just hit the ball straight down. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. It's a sort of like hot potato mode, but like it, it, it helps if you're always the last person to hit, have hit the ball because you can't hurt, you can't friendly fire your own turf. Um, so as long as you're getting to the ball, uh, chances are you're going to do well in that game. And you know the the, the dream team, Zach. I am Kippers. We seem to be pretty good at that. <laughs> well, you know, the situation of the new season may be fucking with the casual ranks as well. So we, sure. like, we probably were playing against the best people ever yeah, in most we, cases. Yeah, but we played it for a bit. And then when we brought Kippers in, yeah, maybe that would have messed it up a little. But we were still pretty consistently winning with, with Kips on. And board. also, probably in general... Because drop shots new, you've just got a wider variety of different people playing. Oh, it. probably. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't just boiled down to only the people who really care about aerials mm. <laughs> or whatever will actually shake out in drop shot. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Will drop shot survive in the long term? Because they made a big deal about it. Like in like, yesterday when I was playing, they were doing a live broadcast of some mid-season like pro Rocket League stuff 
it's not actually the championship it's like mid-season madness or whatever they're doing where they <laughs> where like the community votes on what maps and stuff they're going to do and even like weird stuff like they had i think they were doing like in the four rounds they were having the pros play there was like one normal game one game drop shot one game on a non-standard arena and then one game with mutators which turned out to be pinball <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite weird hmm. but they made a big deal about drop shot and it's like how it's a really popular mode it's like yeah, but like Rumble was really popular for the when week it first came launched. out. Yeah. <laughs> How well, long is it going to last? Rumble was always going to be like a novelty match, though, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, you know, at least hoops and hockey have they they have their own things too, don't they? Have their mechanics. Yeah, but they're not popular. Dro- <laughs> <laughs> no one gives a shit about hoops or ice hockey any longer. No, really. The hockey fell off, did it? Uh... Well, hockey never. Ne- hockey had even less than hoops. I would have said. Mm. when that first came out maybe because people didn't I, hockey was more like hockey's a weird sim- is a simplification in many ways isn't it like yeah although it lets you do more wall tricks I suppose well it's but... like hockey was really sort of just like a fancy mutator because that was mm. like at the same time as the mutators I think it was just before wasn't it the mutators learned well or close yeah but it was just like that was just like a fancy mutator and people didn't think of that as being a thing mm. unlike hoops where it is like because ho- also hockey is just like a standard field and everything sure so it is more yeah. like a mutator yeah rather than the actual mode a full-on yeah actually different way to play it yeah but yeah no, no one cared about hoops really for some reason i didn't get on with it so so much it was okay but some something about it or it didn't feel quite right i don't know it, I, I found it but I, I found it incredibly difficult well it was, um, it was a wear it was again i guess yeah I think but, that, but Drop Zone is really is, is I don't know Drop Zone may, might be t- taking what I get maybe what Hoops was going for, but just somehow adds an element of style and an element of fun that Hoops didn't have. I don't think it creates creates that much style. It creates everybody just piling on the ball. Oh no, I meant like visual and like well, sure. you know, like the the the, the pre- presentation of it. I like. Hoops had some nice style. It had the play, well, it had, it had, it had, had a the squeaky floor. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> It's what you want. <laughs> I think the main problem with Hoops was they just made that court too small. I think if they yeah. made it bigger, I think a little maybe bit not bigger. full standard pitch size bigger. But <laughs> yeah, just a tiny bit longer. Just a tiny bit longer. Because the hoops were, hoops were big. Mm. Well, maybe they could have just got away with that, made the goals smaller, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Maybe a lot harder to score. Maybe a little <laughs> less high. Maybe make the hoops a little less high, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Drop Zone's fun. It's worth checking out while it's got people in it. <laughs> yes, while it's popular. Yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and I think that's me out. I can't really think of much else. Sweet. What, you've been playing Zeg? Well, I played some more Rocket League by myself. Because, you know, we've been struggling to get out of Lemon Town. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon Town. Citron de Monton. Yeah. <laughs> All those lemons. Chin lemons. I thought I was going to get out of it last night. I was just about to rank up the gold three and then went straight back down to the middle of gold two where I started. Exactly where I started. Mm. The traditional manoeuvre where you end up exactly at the same rank where you start the night. Yep, that's pretty much how it worked. Although I felt like I was doing some better stuff. It's like finally I've got to the, I've started to rise out of the lemon town to the point where occasionally there's teammates who are actually competent and I can actually play with. 
Right, instead yeah. of having to just defend, yeah, so just having, trying to counter their dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> Although the only, I think the best game I had was uh, was in casual, unfortunately, which was a very weird game where there was a there was a dude who had the season three grand champion tag, and he actually looked like it for a change, right, <laughs> and like. We we just had like an insane game where we beat the other team like seven nil. Although it wasn't because the other team was playing bad or anything. They weren't they weren't bad. And when it mixed the teams up, it was like it was still pretty even in most mm. cases. It, it was, was just like, this guy. It was just like this one game where it all where just everything that anyone was doing worked on our team, and the other team just got completely fucked. Mm. And then somehow at the end of the game, I had like ten shots. And only like two goals. <laughs> I only actually scored two of them. I just made passes on practically all the other ones to that other guy. Mm. He was the finisher. It was very weird. Kudos to that guy. It was quite a stylish game. Apart from there was a bit towards the end where that guy after after five nil, that guy started getting a bit too enthusiastic. He was like you he was doing the classic freestyle aerial thing where it's like he was taking off a million miles in advance of the ball and just like casually throwing himself towards the goal. Yeah, right, yeah. Because <laughs> everything was working except for when he started doing that and then it stopped working. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. I suppose there comes a point in those games where it's like I might as well try the riskier, riskier and riskier strategies yeah, just I to guess. practice them. Yeah. But I don't those kind of ridiculously long-range freestyle areas, aerials are like that never that never works. It's not like we've been at, like immune from that sort of style of play either. There were certain games where it's like I'm just gonna drive backwards for a bit. <laughs> never drive backwards. <laughs> never backflip. Yeah, ne- never backflip. That is a habit I need to stop. A backflip doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Still trying to. Un, unlemon. Unlemon. <laughs> D-lemon. You need to orange. Yep. <laughs> you see that April Fool's joke? I did not. They made a news post and I think, I don't know whether it actually made it into the game because basically there was a patch which, what, which was what caused me to stop playing because I had to update. Yeah. And then I didn't continue to play but I think that patch was the April Fool's joke so I'm not sure whether the April Fool's joke actually made it into the game for real and then they unpatched it later, or whether that was just a coincidental patch. But their April Fool's joke was like, we think the the tiered system of like bronze, silver, gold is too boring and generic. We're going to come up with new tiers based on vegetables. So you start in <laughs> potato, of course. <laughs> and then there's like broccoli and <laughs> I should really eggplant. Like, I really like that. They should do that. I, mean, I think, I mean, obviously the joke is potato. Because mm. that's like... Oh, but you'd, you'd want a lemon class. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I'd want the lemon. <laughs> that's, my, that's my equivalent of potato. Mm. <laughs> Potatoes. Is a potato worse than a lemon, though? I think, I think it might be. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, think potatoes yeah. are like even less active than lemons. Yeah. <laughs> a lemon at least tries. <laughs> potato is just like a lump that sits there. <laughs> Just think of it as the as the fat pigeon that shouldn't be able to fly. That's a potato. <laughs> but yeah, that's why that's why you can't do that. Like as funny as that was, you can't have a rag that is like insulting, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> potato. Not even a veg. <laughs> Not one of your five a day, or ten a day, or however many a day. Yeah, however many we need now. Yeah. So there's that. And then I just played a ton of Zelda, mainly. 
Breath of the Wild. Yep. How's it going? I'm very nearly done. Nearly very, there. Very nearly. Cool. cool. I mean, I got all the shrines. And I, all of Holy them. Holy shit, yeah. 120. Yep. And I went to Hyrule Castle, and I had a look at that. And it was weird because... Spoiler-free. Well, yeah, I'm mostly. I mean, it's not 100% obvious, but one of the memories is in Hyrule Castle. Yeah. I mean, it is can, obvious you once you get to the that. guy who just tells you. <laughs> yeah. Because you can just ask that guy where it the is. The painter says, guy. Oh, it's in Hyrule Castle. <laughs> yeah. So I knew there was a memory in Hyrule Castle. I was like, well, that's weird because, like, when you enter Hyrule Castle, the area, it, like, it feels endgame-y. It does. It starts for, playing crazy music. Yeah, for you a variety can do it, of reasons. You could do it right at the start. Yeah, like, you can do it whenever. Yeah. But it feels endgame-y. And then I was like, well, I'm going to go in here and get this memory, and then I'm just going to teleport back out yeah. and then go do some other stuff because I wasn't even can, done with the shrines at that point. Can you actually teleport when you're in there? Because I, I ran back out when I went in there briefly. It, it functions the same as the Divine Beast. Like, when you go to the map, there's a button which says leave area, and it just teleports oh. you to the front gate. Oh, I haven't tried that. Oh, I'm gonna get. But surely, if you get teleported to the front gate of the castle, you just get blown up instantly by about a million. No, there's plenty things. of space on that. Like, there's a ramp up to the main gate. Oh, right. You're sort of in between the town square where there's a guardian and like the flying guardian that patrols the actual gate. Oh, cool. Okay. So sort of a safe zone there. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that about the divine beast that you could leave that way. Yeah, I never did that either. Because like, oh. once you're in there, of course you're just going to complete it. Yeah, Why would very... you even need to go anywhere else? They're not even very long done. It's like you run out of arrows or something, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, I went and did that. I mean, the Hyrule Castle is weird in general. It's just like... Don't, don't tell too much about you know, it. I'm trying not to, but it's just like... You have you, you go there to fight Ganon, obviously, because that's the end of the that's game. where he is. Yeah. yeah. But he's not really in the level as such. Hmm. I guess he's flying round and round, right? Isn't he? Well, I mean, I mean, apart from that, he's like flying in the sky. But he's like, it's there's like the Hyrule Castle level, and then there's the boss fight. It seems like they're almost separate, hmm. which is doubly strange. So you don't have it, to fight your way through the castle to get to the boss fight. I'm not. Yeah, well, I haven't done it yet, so I'm not entirely sure. But it doesn't seem like it. It seems hmm. like there's a kind of a separate. It's not even really a separate part. Well, I don't know. I haven't been all the way up there. Maybe you can't get into that until you've done something in the castle. Maybe. I don't know. I explored the vast majority of the castle, I think. Apart from towards the boss, I guess. (laughs) It's not uh, an obvious path, I suppose. Because you meet people early on who say, like... Go to the castle. Yeah, Yeah. go to the castle and get the... the, Get the stuff. The the, the stuff, because the Hillian Shield's in there, isn't it? I think. Yes. Um, and you can like sneak in from a dock or something at the back. That's what they say. Well, there's like there's several different ways you could actually sneak yeah. in there. It turns out, or you can just glide in. It's, yeah, totally. <laughs> if you really want to do, yeah. jump off a high place, casually mm. waft in. Flying Guardian doesn't get you then. Well, you can stay out of range of those. They have a patrol route. <laughs> I've never actually fought those flying ones. I only did once, and then I was like, "This takes so many fucking arrows. <laughs> I might right. as well not bother." What, the thing was, I tried various ways because there was one. I was at a tower where there was a flying guardian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was, those, yeah. There, I thought there was like various opportunities to defeat those guardians in better ways. 
there was like there was a ledge where there was like a bunch of metal crates and i was like well i guess i could levitate one of these metal crates and hit this guardian river for about 20 fucking minutes because it does no damage right but that does work technically <laughs> does so little damage you just like bonk 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 and the guardian yeah. like tries to target you because it knows you're it's under attack but you're standing behind the pillar and you're like using your magnetic levitation from a safe spot so it can't see you but it knows you're there so it like kind of freaks out and tries to aggro on you but it can't and you're just hitting it on the head with a crate from forever <laughs> it's just to get that game's equivalent of dropping supply crates on quiet <laughs> maybe Something oh, not like a that was powerful. genius i love doing that i totally did that both times but then like so i tried doing that and then well, i worked for you in the hard mode version of that mission uh yeah you have to do something I can't remember how you do it. I think you told um, me about it before, but yeah, sorry. Oh, you have to pop up so that she shoots at you. She tries to shoot at you just as it's... Because otherwise she lands. teleports away. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's, there was a metal crate, and I thought that might be a method. But then I also thought that if you if you can get even higher up, because of the way those the flying guardians are like the regular guardians, but sort of upside down, they have like a really flat top, and I thought maybe right. a cool way to land on do it, it would yeah. be to paraglide on top of them and then like land do on something, it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what. I tried that, but it do- that doesn't really work. You can't really maintain your footing on them. It's not like the right. stone taluses where they would just let you fucking stand on them. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know what in fact you're meant to do about those flying guardians. And like the tooltip about them suggests like you-, you can shoot off the rotors and then they'll be grounded. And I've, I've never managed to make it a single one of those rotors come off even when I've intentionally been shooting directly at the rotor and ignoring the eye. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, the other flying no ones just seem irre- like not worth the effort to kill. <laughs> Unless they have a better drop rate of cores because I'm really in desperate need of cores. I don't have enough all the regular guardians I'm killing never seem game. to get them. Because you need like 20 gears each for the for, to buy those armor things at the start of the game. Well, not the start, but you know the early. The uh, tablet upgrades. Uh, not even that. The um, if you want to buy the armor, um, you need lots of gears and not much of the other stuff. For some we need reason. a bunch of cores as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. General ancient materials it's scavenging. Like you, like when you kill one of the walking guardians, you get a shit ton of like gears and screws and springs. But yeah. like, I virtually never get cores drop, and it really sucks. Yeah, I don't they, know if I'm doing something wrong. It's no, like maybe, I think they're just really rare, aren't they? The cause. Well, I was thinking like maybe it's because I always attack the legs. Like, does killing the legs reduce the drop chance for the core or something? Because mm. killing the legs makes you get extra drops because each leg gives you like two more screws or springs. I haven't tried attacking the guardians directly yet, but I'm sure I'll get into it. Yeah, it's. They seem like a big problem at the start, but then later later on, you will, there comes a point when once you actually try it, you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, now I can deal with these. Right. Hmm. It can be, uh, you know, if you have that ancient armor, that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's the what, obvious countermeasure. That's the thing, but how are you supposed to get the armor without the gears that you get from killing the guardians? Well, anyway. You can always kill the stationary ones. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do. Those um, are the easy ones. Yeah. They have a lot less hit points in the movie ones as well. Mm. And I guess Just you get one. some off the shrine little mini guardians. Yeah, yeah. 
um, the tests of strength. They do respawn though, so you can yeah. just sort of farm them a little bit. Yeah, I was also thinking I... about doing that for like seeing if those because I think those do sometimes drop cores. Sometimes, mm. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the biggest ones, like the major tests of strength. Yeah, I finally ma- I managed to do the major test of strength because I came across that way too early when I had like yeah. five hearts and I was like, this is impossible. Uh, but yeah, it's not really a problem, and you get kind of enough back to make it worth breaking your weapons on it. Yeah, because you, you get the major test of strength, you get the more advanced guardian weapons. On you them. get like plus plus guardian swords and stuff. Yeah. yeah, which are good weapons because like they're not. I don't really mind using those up. Do you know what I mean? So I end yeah. up using them quite a lot. And they're not metallic, so yeah, <laughs> so you don't get lightning or whatever. No lightning effects. Yeah, which is pretty good. It's that lightning is just ludicrous in Zelda, to be honest. It really is. <laughs> it is way too much. It's just like constant lightning everywhere. And everywhere. Everything's on fire. Everything blows up constantly. <laughs> Trees are constantly falling over. It's like imagine if li- lightning storms were like that in real life. It would be insanely <laughs> dangerous. You couldn't go anywhere. Although his fun, like exploiting the lightning later on is is funny. If you can get to the point where you can exploit it. What like? chucking metal things towards enemies and hoping they get well yeah if you if you find an enemy who doesn't have a weapon and then you just throw a metal weapon on the ground they go and pick it up Uh, (laughs) that could be pretty funny (laughs) yeah it's a pretty funny game but then there's also the other like the other way you can exploit the lightning is if you can become immune to lightning you just continue to wield your metal weapons and let it hit you. And then all the oh. enemies in your immediate vicinity get, get fucked get up. Blown up. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, man, is there like electro armor in the game? I bet there well, is. Well, yes, I mean, there is. I mean, as you may have guessed, how there's an armor set for every resistance. Right. Oh, yeah, I suppose. There is, in fact, an electric resistance armor. Man, where am I going to get enough money to buy all this stuff? I, I mean, I can. It's going to be a bigger problem than it was. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's actually scaled because clearly, like when you open chests in, just in the world, like general loot chests, the stuff inside them scales with you to a certain extent, like everything right. else does. Right. Like I'm, I you know, I'm only finding the highest level of weaponry now when I'm opening right. chests. Oh, Except now I'm I'm seem to be finding like a bunch more gold and silver rupees and i don't know if it's just coincidental that i've not been to the places where those were or whether it's like the reward chests have scaled up to that level of, to the end of the game. Or something. right okay i don't know mm. it seems kind of but, weird but you need a lot of money at the end right to get like expensive armor upgrades and things well not upgrades but like i don't know what i mean i've got the side quest to buy a house and that's going to use all my money for armor or whatever if i actually do that well, yeah, the, the house buying one was the actually that was probably the first thing I did that was super expensive. Mm. <laughs> I hadn't really got armor upgrades by that point. Well, I just managed to find the second, uh, my second fairy fountain. Yeah, that took me ages to find the second one. I gather there's quite a few more. There's only four. There's four. Okay. Anyway, so you have to pay. 500 to unlock her i imagine <laughs> well yeah like, that's that's the other major expense it turns out yeah the great fairy fountain unlock goes up quite a lot the last yeah. one is hella expensive <laughs> is it like ten thousand rupees or it something? sure is holy crap well by that point like i'm not gonna have the materials to upgrade my stuff to level four or whatever anyway well some so of them you might maybe some of them 
yeah. Depends on the armor set. Some of but I have got my first level two armor set set bonus, which is yeah. the stealth armor, which is which is running really fast at night, which is really good. <laughs> yes, just going fast in general. Is, yeah. I wish there was like I wish there was an armor set for just running, like there is for climbing. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, then you wouldn't need a horse at all. You just run like crazy. <laughs> I, mean, I guess yeah. that may be why there isn't. Yeah, and the major test of strength gave me the that one gave me the climbing gear, so that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that climbing gear. Just, the... As soon as you put that on, and you're like, "Holy shit, I climbed so fast now!" And even with just one piece of it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got the trousers. I don't know where those are, but yeah, yeah, that stuff's insanely good. Yes, the set, the set bonus armor is definitely where it is. Definitely the good stuff. I wonder what the set bonus is for the climbing gear once you got all three and then you upgrade them. Uh, it's the jump takes much less stamina. Jump. Oh, I see jump. that one. Ah, so you can zoom up the man. Yeah. That's insane. So you, you climb <laughs> faster by default, and you can jump a lot more. Oh, that's 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 awesome. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. All the. I mean, some of the armor set bonuses are a bit like weak. <laughs> Right, a couple of them are just like, "What? This isn't even a bonus." Well, I'm yeah. going really slow through the game, and I just got, I just got to like the, I, I was going sort of clockwise, anti-clockwise from yeah. Sora's domain or Kakako Village, where you start pretty much after yeah. the starting area, and so, and I was like, I did the Zoro's one as we said last time, so I've just been dicking about, and I. Um, I, I've got up the mountain to Death Mountain now, but I haven't done the quests for Divine Beasts and stuff. But I have slightly overshot and done the forest. Okay. Uh, so I've done the Korok Trials. Because I guess the like the Lost, Lost Woods. Woods. Lost Woods is like not really. There's virtually no combat in there, so it's not like a no. level. Doesn't no. matter what level you're at, basically. No. Except so, for uh, getting the Master Sword, <laughs> kind of. I guess that does kind of matter. Yeah. So there's that part. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but now I'm like, well, I've got the fire armor to stop me burning up or whatever, but do, do I need all of this? Do I need the helmet and stuff? I mean, it's what's so good about it. I don't know. I probably do. <laughs> well, probably you, should... the set bonus for that one is you just become invulnerable to fire. Like, you oh, literally good. can't catch on fire. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. So you can and maybe... run through lava. And don't know not, about lava. I think lava, lava is different. <laughs> lava is instant kill, right? As far as I can tell. Yeah, pretty much. You, you can't like swim through lava with <laughs> no, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So anyway, that that's my position. So I'm going pretty, pretty steadily, just thinking about getting upgrades and stuff and messing about finding stuff. Yeah, I definitely like... haven't. I definitely haven't done that. I mean, I, I t how did you manage to find all the shrines? Did you actually find them all? Well, I found 118. Right. The last two, there are two you couldn't find. Well. <sighs> When I actually went and looked it up, looked it up, I probably could have easily found the last two because there was basically one that I, there was one that was on the sh the sensor that I somehow missed. Like right. if I happened to walk down one specific bit of road, I would have found it because it was right. in range of the sensor, so it would have beeped. Mm. So that was just me being dumb, essentially, not not fully exploring correctly. And then there was another bit where I I hadn't quite gone. It was quite close to the edge of the map, and I hadn't gone quite far enough towards that side to mm. see it. But that was a nonsense one. That was one where you just had to find it. 
And right. I just had, hadn't spotted the obvious thing mm. to trigger it. But yeah, I didn't have any real problems of finding the rest of them. I mean, there's the annoying ones where it's just like, oh, it's underground. <laughs> yeah. It's really, I found it kind of dumb where, like, at the start of the game, they're like, oh, you should climb to a high place so you can see, scout out the shrines. And then, like, yeah. 90% of the shrines you can't see from you any high see. place. Yeah, it's true. There's a few you can. Like, it There's works at the start of the game. But, yeah, after that, it's like, yeah. They're all, like, either they're literally underground or they're triggered where they don't appear until you do a thing. <laughs> so they're also underground. Yeah, they're like a shrine quest or something. <laughs> Yeah, quite a few of them are in like crannies or like you need to blow up a wall to find them and stuff. Yeah. They kind of like negated their own. I guess you have the Shika sensor theoretically. Yeah, so you that, have the that, only, that doesn't uncover the shrine quest type ones. No, it doesn't. No. I wish it would. That would kind of help. Oh, right. So it doesn't even beat for the ones you have to find. Like that, you know, we have to do a thing to yeah, no. give you a hint. Mm. They could have made it. They could have made it beef on, like, the platforms, like those circular, the things you have to trigger. Mm. That you sometimes have to put a ball in. (laughs) Put that mystery ball into the mystery hole and then a strain appears. All about mystery balls. Yep. The heirlooms. (laughs) Yes, the heirlooms. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty great game. Yeah, it's going to be a while before I get to where you are, but I'm uh, quite enjoying it. I saw my first dragon, so yes, flying um, around. Yeah, I need to find out what to do with it. See if I can find another one. Ride it. Well, it's way up in the sky. I don't know how to get to it yet. Yes, ask it nicely. <laughs> yeah. Wait for it to fly down. Find the spot. Do they fly down? Skyrim style? No, not quite. No, not like that. No. They just have okay. a path essentially. Right. Okay. And if you if you like see their whole path, then I think in I think for all of them, there's usually a place where there's like a mountain nearby or like an overhang. Right. Oh, by the way, in back to news, I suppose sort of, but uh, the Green patch news. is the patch is genuinely improved things in terms of frame rate. I found. Oh, has it? Yeah, it's really very good. Apart from in like very, the 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 dodgy the areas really are like bad before, yeah, it's now only slightly it, bad. <laughs> it's only slightly bad. So like in the forest, it's bad, uh, but it's not really a problem. Um, but all of the like main drops in combat in the open world are kind of sorted. I've been having there is one problem that I've been having that's just like it's not it's not even the same frame rate problem. It seems like it's a ragdoll problem. Where there's like certain types of the the like the moblins, the big enemies. Yeah. I Occasionally I'll find one of them where like when they ragdoll the game practically freezes up. Yeah, I had that today where it paused. No, yeah, yeah, I saw that froze. when you were playing on portable even. Yeah. Yeah, but, that wasn't even as bad as it had been. Mm. Like that was a very light version of that. I seriously thought the game was about to crash the last time it happened because it yeah. locked up so hard. Yeah, it happened to me today, yeah. Those enemies used to cause big frame rate problems when they attacked and stuff, but now it seems to be when they ragdoll that it it just. I don't know why it's only those ones. Yeah, it's only the moblins. I think it it seems like it happens more often when you're fighting them in like a sort of enclosed space. Mm. Like the ragdoll calculation is somehow fucking up with the walls or something. I don't know. It's weird. 
It's the only major problem that I've still been having. So you've pretty much covered the map now. Yeah, pretty much. Been everywhere. Yeah. got not got not got all, but got sufficient of the Korok seeds. Bloody hell! How many of those are there? Like it's like nine hundred. Yep, in total there's nine hundred. Holy shit! You only need like four hundred and fifty to get all the inventory upgrades. Right. Only. Yep. I feel like I must be like missing an entire type of or something. Because right. considering how much of the map I've covered, I've still only got barely half of the total. I'm like, where are all these other ones? A lot of them are just under rocks. <laughs> well, sure. I'm like, I know it's like the only one, the only type that I know that I've missed a lot of because I realized it was a type quite late on is like lone trees. Like right. you climb to the top, of, top a of the tree, singular yeah. tree, and there's one up there. I must have missed a bunch of those, but mm. I feel like there must be like a, a whole, a whole other type that I haven't realised. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very suspicious of those, like those metal crosses with little circles painted on them on Death Mountain. Oh, I just found some of those today. Yeah, because I, like, I just, I just, the for? last thing I did was the the climbing challenge for the gut um, check rock yeah gut check rock <laughs> yeah that was cool <laughs> yeah but i had the climbing gear so i was like this yeah. is easy <laughs> peasy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're definitely suspicious yeah i don't know what's up with them i tried like like jump slashing down onto them and I try to like pick a bomb on them or shooting an arrow into them. It's like, this doesn't do anything, but why mm. are they here? <laughs> Man, the Death Mountain stuff looks really cool. I mean, the whole game looks cool, but... Yeah, flamey, heat-wavy stuff. It's yeah, really the heat-wavy cool. stuff is good and the whole aesthetic of it and the, even the hot springs and stuff is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I discovered here's a random tip. <laughs> random, not really is not really spoilers, but Spoilery here's a tip. tip tip about mechanics of the game. So the cooking, as we previously discussed, yeah, you, you sort of intuit the systems because that's how you meant to do it, and you start cooking stuff. Actually, two tips I suppose. First tip that I didn't even realise for ages is like in a lot of stables and shops, there's just posters on the wall that tell you recipes. Oh, what? What? There's just like a giant poster in like most stables and quite a lot of shops where it will have a recipe and it will show you what ingredients it uses to make oh, it. Oh, nice. Huh. Which is kind of nice, except yeah. most most of those recipes that I found have been like irrelevant recipes where it's like, not oh, I can make useful. a cake that yeah. will give me like five hearts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Completely useless, helpful. but kind of cool at least. Because it teaches you like that making certain recipes, like putting certain ingredients together results in actual things like not just simmered fruit things. or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or mushroom skewers mm. that's what i mostly have yeah obviously yeah. tough mushroom skewer yeah exactly but yeah. then the other f- cooking tip that i discovered which was sort of counterintuitive but i but also sort of makes sense is so when you sort your material inventory and it organizes it nicely where it's like oh here's the section with the mushrooms and it yeah, progresses yeah. into the fruits and <laughs> all that stuff the one concession to inventory management pretty much yes organization but like so it goes through all the food food stuffs basically and then you get like the bugs 
and then you get monster parts. And it like that makes sense, right? Because you're like you use the bugs and the monster parts to make elixirs. Fine, yeah. But it turns out that sort of counterintuitively, you can also use mushrooms and herbs to make elixirs, as long as there's also a bug and monster parts in there. Oh. So you can actually make better elixirs by because normally you think like oh, I've only got there's only one kind of toughness bug, so I can never make a r- good toughness elixir. But then you can also use the toughness mushroom and the toughness herb to get their effects and make better toughness elixirs with just the one type of toughness bug. Toughness. So I can use the toughness herbs and and um, just um, monster parts. Yeah, to make well, elixir. I think you still need the bug. Like, uh, I think the bug and monster part bug. is the bit that triggers it to be an elixir, and then it doesn't counteract with the herb and the mushroom that you'd normally expect to be a food stuff. Right. So but it prevents they can it from add to dubious. the toughness of it, right? So you can yeah. put one toughness bug and two toughness mushrooms, yeah. and and a and, and a couple monster of part. monster parts. Yeah. Interesting. And then you'll get extra toughness. Yeah, you'll still get the the bonus for having multiples of the same effect, and oh, but it will actually turn out to be an elixir. Oh, cool! Because, like you're saying, we like elixirs. Elixirs seem good. Seems weak yeah. compared to food. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. But yeah, so it was like it's slightly counterintuitive, but but they also kind of make sense when you think about it. Because obviously, mm. you'd use like <laughs> mushrooms and herbs in elixirs. Why sure, wouldn't why you? Not? Yeah. Botanicals. You need to add those botanicals, mate. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Make a decent gin out of it. <laughs> I've run out of space for meals now. <laughs> oh man, you actually cooked that much? Yeah, I didn't eat them. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I thought, I mean, just sell them off. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. Yeah. You make hella cash that way. That was how yeah. I, that was actually what I did to grind for money, was I just made fireproof elixirs, get right. the fireproof lizards off Death Mountain, and just combine them with any old monster parts. <laughs> But they move really quick, those lizards. What do you do? Shoot them with arrows? Or? No, you just sneak. Oh, just sneak. If you're wearing the stealth up, well, I guess you can't wear the stealth up. Yeah, because you're <laughs> set on fire. <laughs> eat, a, eat a stealth food, I guess, make it even easier. But you, oh, if you're sneaking, you can even, even when you're, you can use like the jump, the, the dumb crouch jump. Yeah, yeah. And lizards kind of... still won't react until you're practically on top of them. Right, sort of dive forward thing. I just tap that really as fast as I possibly can when I'm sneaking up on enemies. I don't it's know real that's... dumb. It's like, yeah. why is that stealthy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty weird. Just jumping while crouched, like, awkwardly. It's like a dash, though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, weird. It's a very weird maneuver. There are some enemies that you actually need to, like, do the old Mario 64 very slightly tilt the stick in order to actually be able to sneak up on them. I like that in games. Always like that. Splinter Cell did that a lot better than um, uh, Metal Gear, I thought. um, um, So that was one of my complaints about. But I think that got better in in Metal Gear Solid 5 compared to Ground Zeroes. Uh, So it wasn't as... But it was never quite as good as in even Mario 64 when you're sneaking (laughs) up on the... the, uh, yeah, piranha plant with the snot bubble. Yeah, classic. Lots of bubbles coming out of enemies when they're asleep in this game. Not snot bubbles, they're just bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> they just come out of them. Where, where do they come out? 
generally in the face area. <laughs> generally in the face, okay. Sort of about the side of the mouth and then like sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, sneak up and do that sneak attack. Which also, how is that stealthy? Yeah, it's like a massive attack, isn't it? I also don't like how that it puts you out of crouch as well. So you have yeah, to, I don't to like, like that. crouch after yeah. you've done that to, yeah, to sneak was, up on the next guy. Yeah, I was trying to take out a whole base with that and that screwed me up once. Yeah. It's nice when you have the champion, the champion's tunic as well, so you can see how much health enemies have, so you can use the right weapon to make sure you definitely one-shot them. <laughs> well, how would you know if you know well, how much? The sneak attack just does 10 times as much damage. You can see that just from experimenting. Oh, uh, okay. So then if you have their health bar and you can see the number, you can be like, oh, that guy's got 240 health points, so I'd better use a weapon that's at least power 24, <laughs> and then it'll one shot. Nice. Okay, that's good to know. Useful information. And I guess the champion's tunic is just like the best armor, which kind of sucks because it ruins your set bonus. Yeah, exactly. But I haven't figured out i I haven't figured out what the things are that I need to upgrade it. Um, yeah, it, naturally, because it's because it's the best armor, it has the slightly awkward upgrade path. Mm. It's not as easy to upgrade, but if you can do it, it just has better armor values than all the other chess pieces. Is it better it's than the ancient armor? <laughs> Surely not. Surely it's not as good as the ancient Guardian Resisti armor. Maybe it is. Uh, I think it might. Have, well, it might have higher numbers, but then you don't get the resist. I guess. So again, what does Guardian Resist do, though? I mean, it's well, just like it reduces the, the damage of the giant lasers. <laughs> it just reduces the damage, right? Yeah. I guess that's what you want. Although ideally, you're not ever going to be hit by those. <laughs> yeah. Because even with resist, it's still kind of well. The problem is, even with resist, you, get you still ragdoll. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which gives them enough time to charge up an entire another shot, usually. Yeah, so that you can they can kind of keep it chained. Yeah, so you can barely stand up before they're already shooting you again. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sucks. So yeah, that game's good. I'll probably finish it very shortly. Yeah, you can move on we'll to see, other things. Well, then we'll hearing. see. I kind of want to see what the post-game is like. What they do for it at all? Uh, do you reckon there is one? I'm not sure there would be. Well, it's just sort of end it's probably the same, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. Oh, I don't know. Or, or would it do the like sort of splinter thing? Well, yeah, they, will where, it do where, the... where the end sequence does something, but you know, it puts you before the end sequence. Yes, that's the question. I reckon it will do that. I mean, people have said I've heard the term post game referred to with this game. Like, I'm, I'm, I've complete. I'm completing the world in the post game. Like they finished the Ganon fight, but they hadn't done all the shrines or whatever, and it's like so yeah, now but, going around doing all the shrines. Yeah, I don't. Mm. I don't think the world fundamentally changes. Well, I don't think it will change, but it might, like, you know, it might continue story-wise, in the, even if it's just like a singular text box that someone says, "Oh, you're done with Ganon now. Just go out there and clean enjoy up, life. Clean up the world." <laughs> <laughs> Although then you have to wonder, like, what happened to the blood moon? And of course, it won't actually change because. <laughs> The way that the game mechanics work. <laughs> the vegan cannon will have no effect on the blood moon, even if that continues, even if the world does continue. Although it would be cool if it did. Like, you defeat Ganon and the blood moon stops happening, so you can kill every enemy in the world and just and have they a never respawn. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. Except then you wouldn't be able to farm resources, so it would be kind of fine. 
the blood moon rises once again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Thanks for the tip on how to fucking skip that shit. Yeah. What do you have to do? You have to press two different buttons or something. Yeah, I managed to do it. Examplus. yeah. <laughs> Get that sequence climbing halfway up a mountain. It's like, yeah. go away. <laughs> it's like, it's annoying but it's clear that at some point at some point they thought of that because they you have that whole yeah, half hour did, leading yeah. up to midnight where it, like the music changes yeah, and like yeah. the red stuff starts coming you're like oh shit here comes the blood i better yeah, yeah. get somewhere safe yeah yeah <laughs> and i still haven't tried the fact that apparently you can um like when you cook stuff in the during that time it, it has extra bonus effects and stuff or like because it's, it's so inconvenient it's like when you ever, yeah. you're, you have to coincidentally be near a fire like yeah. a cooking place on the night where the blood is going to happen exactly yeah <laughs> it, I, I had a very convenient occurrence when I got to the shrine where you need the blood moon where the like I got to the shrine it was about five o'clock I started exploring in the vicinity of the shrine and that night was the blood moon <laughs> No, I was like, oh, ideal, <laughs> convenient. No, no hanging about for me. I'll just run back up there, do the thing, do the thing. Right. Oh, well, I'm sure I'll see these things. Yes. Eventually. All the Zelda. Should we get peached. Yep. I think we yeah. need to get peached. Right. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, for more stuff. Oh, I might be, yeah, have a situation with my living, so I might not be available, but we shall see. Hopefully, everything will be good. You know, Dan might be in in present. Yeah, I might be. <laughs> I, might be <laughs> I might be sleeping <laughs> in your, in your spare room. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which I hope you don't mind too much. Hello, <laughs> Dan. Yeah, okay, <laughs> cool. Right, uh, catch you later, listeners. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 